What's up, everyone? We're back again for Game Face, episode 343 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. It's a Thursday. We never do Game Face on Thursdays, but we're doing one today because yesterday was basically PlayStation's E3 2023 press conference. So Matt and I are here to discuss every little detail, and that is what we're going to do. And there are a lot of details, Matt. Mm -hmm. I have been busting my butt ever since that thing ended to get everything ready for this episode there are were like 25 or 30 trailers that were shown in that so i have to go and download them all clean them all up render them and then learn everything about all the games so we can come in here and talk to i have been going after it people let me tell you i am very glad that i made it here and everything's ready to go and we can just do the show now matt how are you doing all right not a not a lot can happen in the in the two days that we just saw each other. No, I mean there was there was a lot in there. Yeah, it was a big uh, it was a big at the very least you have to admit there was a lot of stuff in the PlayStation Showcase. And as I said, we're going to go through pretty much all of it. I did omit some stuff uh, that was in there, some of the indie stuff, a couple of the third party games that aren't necessarily tied to PlayStation. Um, I cut out some of that stuff, but for the most part, you're going to get to see and learn about pretty much everything that PlayStation showed yesterday in its big showcase um before we get going we do have some housekeeping um we'll be back on tuesday with another show um i'm I'm starting to wonder if one of the games that was supposed to be in that tuesday show though is going to be sent to me now because Mm -hmm. i am waiting on review code for the lord of the rings Gollum. and if you've been on sifted today then you've seen that the reviews for that game have not been great and so all I'm going to say is, if we come in here on Tuesday and we do not cover that game, you will know why. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a bad sign when you'd like to have Red Falls reviews. Yeah. so <laughs> It's true. <laughs> it is looking bad for Gollum. I mean, is it shocking anybody? No. I, that game has always looked terrible. Yeah. And it's been delayed like five times mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. It's like not surprising it, to me. Like, it was a bad idea from the beginning. Do you think they could make a great game around Gollum and Schmeagle? No. Yeah. I mean, it's just too. No, it's, yeah, it's, it's a it, very strange character to try to base an entire yeah, game. I mean, around. I think you're 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 milking it already with the weird stuff with Lord of the Rings. It's like you know, like where they're trying trying to make two new trilogies of movies because Warner Brothers has no better ideas than the things that were successful twenty years ago. Yeah, and it's like, okay, you're gonna do like a movie about like a trilogy about the war in the north. Cool, but like these these conclusion to the war in the north is that. Frodo and Gollum through the ring in the volcano. Like, yeah. <laughs> like there's no ending to that. Like, there's no ending to the story of Gollum. There's no point. The, the, the most, the, the closest interesting use of Gollum you could get that they've done in a game recently has been in, like, the Shadow of Mordor, uh, Shadow of War thing where he kind of comes in and out of that story because he wants the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, if you're going to focus the whole thing on him, you're, I mean, it's going to be a stealth game? Like, what, what is this, 2005? Like, Truth is, nobody wants to see him, so maybe that was the right genre well, for nobody it. Nobody wants to see him, but also, so like, hideous. nobody wants to... Play as him. Stealth games don't He's... really work that anymore. Yeah. Like, no one wants to play that. stealth games at all anymore. Like and like this kind of stealth game really looks like the usual kind of you know as Adam Sessler used to describe it. It's just a normal game but slow. Yeah, 
and <laughs> that's not interesting. You know, you yeah. want like a stealth quote unquote game has got to be something like Thief, where you've got tools to do something with it, or a game like Hitman, where the point isn't really sneaking around behind someone; is trying to do something surreptitiously. Yeah, uh, Gollum just feels Gollum feels like an idea from the the PlayStation Two era. I agree. It looks like a PlayStation Two game in some respects, for sure. Um, so anyway, we will be back on Tuesday. Don't know if we'll be covering Gollum or not, but we'll see. We'll see if they send that review code along or not. My guess is they probably won't, which sucks, but that's kind of the way it is in the industry sometimes when games really get laid into by critics. Um, we are sifted. We are supported 100% on Patreon. So if you want to support us, and it would be awesome if you do, head to patreon.com slash sifted and give us a pledge. You can pledge a dollar, $10 a month, $20 a month, whatever you want. Uh, but if you want your name in Game Face, which is what you're seeing down below right now, you need to pledge at $30 or more per month. And we celebrate you guys live on the show with our little crawl that runs along the bottom of the screen. Uh, we do have some housekeeping to get to. Uh, this show is going to be shorter, kind of like our show on Tuesday. Hoping to target around two hours. Look, if we get to two hours and I'm feeling okay, we have more content, we'll keep rolling. But... Um, on Tuesday, I got the two hours and my body was like, bro, shut it down. So, and I was feeling it a little bit like the rest of the day. So I'm just going to keep that um, in the back of my mind as we go through the show today. I'm going to give you guys everything I can. That's all I can, uh, I can promise you. I don't think I can promise any more than that on any front. A um, couple things before we get going. Uh, we, we talked about Prince of Persia. Was it on Tuesday? Yeah. <laughs> and just like all magic. Right, there it was. Just like magic. We ask about it and we find out that it has basically been started all over the prince of persia remake which was supposed to be done like last year or maybe even 2021 Three years ago yeah they're starting it all over again ubisoft is just a disaster right now matt it really is mm -hmm. in like peril i don't understand what to, what are you doing with that game like also for for one thing that game you know sands of time is now as old as pac-man was when sands of time came out that's a like point. who cares yeah i th here's the funny part was for Tuesday's show, I thought about using Sands of Time for Name That Game. Mm. And I started hunting around trying to find screen. I couldn't even find any screenshots that weren't like the size of a postage stamp. So I had to bail. Yeah. <laughs> and then again. I just like, don't understand what who they think is interested. And, and like, why are you going back to the drawing? Are you trying to like revamp it and to be as revolutionary now as it was it then? Was then? Because, yeah, part of the problem with remaking Sands of Time is Sands of Time was extremely influential and everything has done that better. Everything it did better now. Well, we just played Tears of the Kingdom, which has the whole recall, recall thing in thing, it. Recall thing, or yeah. like, you know, every, everyone and their brother does the wall running thing now. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, you know, you can't say that there's no Prince of Persia Sands of Time in uh, Jedi Survivor yeah. or games like I that. I mean, all it's going to do is remind you of how innovative it was when it came out. Yeah. And that now, as you said, a lot of games have lapped it. Yeah. So And like. So now, what, so what are you doing? I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't think Ubisoft knows what it's doing anymore. It's really bizarre seem like what's it. happened over there. So we are going to talk about some UB games here coming up that are a little more encouraging, at least. Um, and I think, as we mentioned on Tuesday, uh, the dedicating more resources to Assassin's Creed is probably the right call because it is the one IP that continually does mm -hmm. well. So I don't know. A little odd. Um, and I'd argue that Assassin's Creed is better known than Prince of Persia at this point. Yeah. I'd, oh, yeah, definitely. Without a doubt. I mean, only people like us know what Prince of Persia is, Matt. Well, and Jake Gyllenhaal. Right. <laughs> That's true. And some moviegoers, because it was a film. Yeah. And it wasn't terrible. It's one of two, three films I've fallen asleep during <laughs> in my entire life. And I've seen literally hundreds of films in theaters. I, fall, I fell asleep watching Tommy Boy when it came out. 
I fell asleep watching. And then later on, I watched it and I was like, how did I fall asleep? This is freaking hilarious. I fell asleep watching Prince of Persia. I fell asleep watching Emperor's New Groove, but it was a midnight show when I was on allergy medication. That was not Emperor's New Groove's fault. I love that movie. And I fell asleep the second time I saw Avatar 2. Because there's a there's a period in there where nothing fucking. I still haven't happens. seen it. I haven't seen it still. So. Uh, but there's a point where I'm like, oh, this. Yeah, I'm just not gonna go. And I, you know, what? it's not easy to fall asleep with 3D glasses on. But yeah. I, I did it. <laughs> Third did Matrix it. movie. I fell asleep. It was the din of gunfire that put me to sleep. There's a certain point in that movie where it's just gunfire for like 20 minutes straight, mm-hmm. and it just literally was like a lullaby. They just put. Me, I was on a date too. Yeah. I fell asleep yeah. on a date. Oh, anyway. I almost fell asleep during Shin Godzilla. Oh. But that was because, like, people talk so much in that movie. Because that movie is like a, like a, it's like the West Wing, but for Godzilla. It's just like yeah. walk and talk all the time. And, like, there was something about the constant rhythm of a foreign language that I didn't understand. Yeah. That just sort of lulled me. And yeah. I was reading the subtitles. And I was like, mm, yeah. yeah. But, like, I pulled out, I got pulled out of it because it was a press screen. You can't fall asleep in a press screen. But, like. Uh, Immortan Joe, thank you for Twitch Prime. We got the hype train started off pretty good here for the early part of the show. Uh, another small item from this week. Uh, we got a really good look at the PlayStation Access controller. Uh, we had known about it for a while, but this week PlayStation really blew it out. And accessibility has become something that is near and dear to my heart. You guys have probably heard me tell stories about when I lived in Philadelphia and I was running my fan site and I had a neighbor who I played games with all the time. We played pretty much the entire N64 catalog together. Um, He's a good friend of mine. He's also a fellow DJ. He was in the DJ scene and the rave scene with me. Um, And he had a stroke. He had multiple strokes at like 38. And as I moved out here, he continued to play... um, Call of Duty with me online. We're just really tight and really good friends. Well, in his 30s, he had six strokes in like an 18-hour period. And he's deb- he, has, he has a disability now. He can't play games anymore. And he's like, this. that is one of the worst. He said just the other day to me, is one of the worst results of my strokes is that I can no longer play video games. Mm-hmm. And so I started thinking. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, the times there are changing. Like, all... They are working on controllers to help you. So I started sending him trailers. Want to play Zelda? Yeah, that's that's not going to happen. Like he he knows that there are certain games he'll never get to play again. Like he knows that. But he's hoping like if he could play The Last of Us or he could play God of War Ragnarok, like he would be Mm -hmm. over the moon about that. So I sent him these trailers of both this controller and the Xbox accessibility controller, and he was like blown away. He's like, I had just shut myself off from the games industry because I just assumed. It was over for me. I'd never be able to play a game. And he watched this, and it gave him hope. So I love that this is happening. That the you know, and the crazy part that to make makes it really awesome to me is that it's really not incentivized by money. The group of people that are going to use this, they're not gigantic. They're not really going to move the needle financially. They're just doing it because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love to see that from the industry. I love that we're seeing it from both PlayStation and Xbox. Now Nintendo just needs to get itself together. Um, but it, if personally, this makes a big difference for me because a very dear friend of mine really wants to play games and he just can't, but stuff like this might make it possible. So kudos to both PlayStation and Xbox for considering people like my friend, Carl, um, who may ultimately one day be able to play games again because of stuff like this. So, um, I just wanted to bring that up early in the show. Um, later on today, we're going to get a look at the next Alone in the Dark, um, so far, all we have of it is this little trailer, but later on today, they're supposed to do a big blowout. I'm guessing we're going to see the first gameplay. Can you think of anything that you would like to see in survival horror, Matt, that we're kind of not seeing right now? Nope. 
Yeah, it feels like it's kind of perfected at this point. I was saying because I don't care about survival horror. Oh. Um, <clears throat> like, my only answer to that would maybe be, like, Silent Hill 2, but they're remaking that. So. Yeah. I don't find survival horror a very compelling we well, like yeah. the, the RE4 remake, though. Yeah, but I don't think of RE4 as survival horror. I think of it as an action game. Yeah, it's kind of a third-person shooter, really. And like, you can make a game, that, make a version of it that I'm interested Like, Silent Hill, I think, is, is decent. I think, uh, you know, I thought the Resident Evil 2 remake was really good mm-hmm. for what it was. But again, yeah. there's a ceiling for, for horror games for me where I'm just... Cool, that's about as good as that's going to get for me. And that's the end of it. The thing about Alone in the Dark is that it's never had a great entry. No. The first game no, was incredibly has. innovative. But, but it wasn't very good. Yeah, <laughs> it by, wasn't by, very by, good. Nece- by necessity, I would. I mean, this is what the first games tend to be. You yeah, know, Sweet Home ain't, ain't that great either. Mm. But like, um, yeah, like, I remember when they rebooted it and did like the, the big one, the one in Central Park, and like, what was that like two thousand eight? Yeah, I was involved in a lot of pre-release. I did a bunch of interviews and cut a bunch of stuff for that, and I was like, oh, that's all right. And it came out, and it was just awful. Like the driving scenes in that game were some of the worst things I've ever had to play, and like. One, I can't remember which one, but it was one in particular I think I must have tried 30 times. And it just I couldn't get through it, not because it was difficult, but because the game kept glitching this, the physics out. And, like, I kept hitting the wrong rock, and, like, the game, the car would just launch four <laughs> miles in the air and disappear, and that would be that would count it as a death. Yeah. Um, it was just a disaster. Yeah. And the, there's no... There's no hook on Alone in the Dark. Like, no one knows anything about Alone in the Dark. I mean, you watched that trailer, people. Did you recognize anyone or anything in that? No. No. It just was like generic horror I recognize the dolls hanging because it's from that island in Mexico. Like, that's a real-life thing. Right, a real thing, In a place in Mexico. But it's like, that's not what the... That's not Alone in the Dark. You're just borrowing a bunch of creepy things you saw on the internet and calling it Alone (laughs) in the Dark. So, I don't know. Um, So, we'll get a look at that later on today. Um, Later on tonight... If you check out sifted.net, we'll have it curated there so you can check it out. Um, but anyway, just something to keep in mind. Maybe you are. There are some fans of Alone in the Dark. I'm just not one of them, and Matt isn't one either. Um, another thing that we learned... Also, this- the original Alone in the Dark was way more Lovecraft derived. Oh, yeah. It was um, all pretty much Lovecraft. Like, if you made that a little more Eternal, eternal Darkness-y, mm-hmm. I would be more interested. But I would be interested is, in Eternal Darkness, like, too. Yeah. This looks very standard horror game it does it doesn't differentiate itself yep uh another small story from this week it was discovered through data mining that hogwarts legacy initially had a morality system that makes a lot more sense it does because we kind of talked about it like Mm -hmm. why isn't it in there but then we also said it's hard to implement right well and also beyond that why are there even choices like you can clearly choose to behave like an asshole or a good person but there's no No consequences and there's no result for it and there's no it's often no reaction to it but there's clearly a version of the game where you could be like a really mercenary like you almost every fetch quest in the game you can you bring the thing back to the person and they're like oh thanks for bringing it back and you can say like yeah here it is or you're gonna pay me for this right yeah (laughs) it's like and there's no punishment for choosing either one of them yeah yeah you just get money it's like one version you get money and the other you don't and there's no (laughs) other like you know what i'm gonna take the money No one remembers what you did. No one yeah. says, like, you keep charging everybody for the favors you do. Like, no one yeah. does that. So, like, what's the point? Yeah, they ended up not being able to pull all the elements out of the game. That's the crazy part. Do you think yeah. it would have made the game better if there were consequences for that stuff? I, I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I think that would have been, it would have felt more like a complete experience. More, It would have added to the RPG elements. Of for it. sure. sure. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Like, I don't see any, re- I mean, obviously, I for, see. To the sequel. You, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to cut it. You got to cut it. But I think, like, yeah, if you're going to, if they do a sequel, and I'm sure they will because it sold millions and millions of copies, 
I guarantee you that's going to be there big time. Yep. Like there's going to be a morality system in the next game, no question. It sounds like they literally almost had it done and just yeah. had to pull the plug at the last minute to get the game out on time. So. I mean, I'm sure that's something that just, you know, I'm sure you that's one of the hardest things to polish. Yeah. Is making that feel good and making it feel like it's not cheating you or that you're not like getting a disproportionate results from it. I mean, I, I bet a morality system is really hard to do well. Hell yeah, man. That's a lot of work. You have to cover your ass on so many different bases. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to do it, but like, that's why it, I don't make videos. Like at a certain point, like a year out, you, there must have been a thing where it's like, if we cut this... It cuts our work like that. Yeah, and, it's and we can like, definitely yeah, get it out. Definitely in time. get it out in time, and it'll be polished. Yeah. a lot of a lot of uh, word was that like basically this and um um another, one of the other uh, Warner Brothers games basically had a hard out. Like they uh, were like the, this comes out by this time or uh, hell or high water. Like yeah. no, actually it wasn't or nothing. It was just like no, it comes out anyway. If it's, if it's not done, <laughs> if it's busted, it's we're gonna put it out. Yeah, pretty, uh, wow. pretty much. Wow. Okay. Uh, so anyway, that was cut. Look for that in the sequel. I really uh, like Hogwarts. Skywalker, Legacy. the Lego Skywalker thing. Like basically, there was a, there was a, from what I had heard, there was a thing. It was like if it's not out by the end of this quarter, different quarter. Like, but like you have until now to put it out, and it's coming out. Like get it done. That game languished in development hell for like five years. Yeah. So I can understand it. Uh, another small story, but maybe a little bit surprising. At least it was to me. Dead Island Two has sold two million copies. Is that surprising to you? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, it's like, more than I thought. It's yeah, especially because like nobody really talked about it. It also came out right around the Resident Evil Four remake. Yeah, which if like you want to go zombie hunting, there was one clear smart decision to make between those two games. Well, I would argue <laughs> it's this one because there aren't really any zombies in Resident right. Evil Four. Yeah, well, I consider Ganado zombies still, but I, uh, I they're. I mean, that's the, the whole question about zombies versus infected versus yeah. you know, there's a whole the zombie fans will argue about that all day. <laughs> but like, if you want to kill zombies, this is the game because yeah. you're killing traditional zombies you're, and yeah. all these creative. Well, not creative. I mean, in the I, traditional sense, I killed them in one way. The Romero yeah. sense of yeah. zombies. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, and you're not gonna fight any like you know giant monsters or lake creatures or you know it, like plants. You know, yeah. you're, you're just fighting zombies of various types like this is a more you know traditional idea it ended up being the biggest launch in the history of deep silver as a publisher wow and deep silver also said that it is so happy. I guess zombies will be in the next saints row is what yeah, you're telling me. yeah well they also said that it exceeds its sales have exceeded expectations for them this game is a 10-year project like I, I don't, yeah, but they've only had it for like four. Yeah, I mean, I get that. But you think about the three iterations and the money that's been put into those and those other development teams that mm-hmm. they had working on it. It's like you've basically developed three games to make one, and you you still only sold a yeah, couple million. Yeah, but you write those off as losses. And then, yeah. You know, th- those all, none of those count. I'm, I'm just a little surprised at something with a two at the end of it that most people, I'd imagine, don't remember. Mm-hmm. The first, I mean, yeah, because it was what? 11, 12 years apart, something like that. More than that. Yeah. I think the first Dead Island was like 2010 or something. Yeah. I guess in the end, zombies still sell. Yeah. And like the, you know, the settings, you know, you don't actually get a lot of LA no. stuff. And like the, the satire is in place. It's not super complicated, but mm-hmm. it's there. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, and 2 million is not a huge, huge thing. No. That's, I, I, you could just be a hit with the core audience there to some degree, but like, yeah, it's more than I expected. Me too. Yeah, like, I thought it'd be so lucky many to other games of this kind just sort of you know of this like level and caliber just sort of come and go and you never hear about them again. Yep, and you hear later on. I saw like 1.2, 1.4 when it was all said and done. Yeah, this after like a two. long time and some right. sales and yep. some, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, so congratulations to Deep Silver. Um, I wouldn't mind playing another one of these. It wasn't bad, and there's some no, ideas I, there that could. I feel like a, a, a follow up uh, with a real plan could could really expand out the idea and make it more interesting and set it in San Francisco. I'd be like, I'd like to see that. Like zombies see. on the hills. Yeah, I'd like to be kicking <laughs> zombies down the hill. Watch them cable, roll all the way. In a cable down. car. All, yeah, I'm, that's, I'm saying that'd be fun. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so anyway, once again, congratulations to Deep Silver on that. Uh, another small note from this week. Overwatch 2 has decided to kill its PvE modes in favor of these episodic like story things that they're going to do later on. This is a feature that basically they sold the game on. Yeah, that was one of the excuses for making it Overwatch 2. Yeah, I mean, that was the reason why they made a sequel instead of just keeping Overwatch oh, 1 as a platform. <laughs> I mean, they're just rearranging the deck chairs in the Titanic at this point. Yeah, it kind of feels that way. How Do you know how Overwatch 2 is doing like with the community and everything? I don't hear anyone talk about it. I don't Overwatch either. Too. Even the people that I know that used to be like, that's why they lived Overwatch. Yeah. And now no one even knows this stuff happens anymore. Yeah, so they're going to try to cobble together some type of story-driven content. I don't know but... if I've ever seen a ball drop as hard as this game. Yeah. Like, as this franchise. Like, yeah. They, they had something special and blew it. I mean, just blew it. These characters are compelling. I like the characters yeah. in Overwatch. You've done a great job building the lore. How could you not create a compelling story campaign for this yeah. franchise? If they're, if they're smart, and I don't know if they are smart. And I don't know if what the, you know, what the situation because of the acquisition by Microsoft, especially in the wake of the Mario movie, make an Overwatch movie. Yeah, make a CG Overwatch movie. Like the best thing about this game has always been those CG. The cinematics. <laughs> That's the only thing I've ever cared about in this yeah. game. And I would watch that movie without any question. I mean, I don't play Overwatch, but I watch all the CG. All you got to do is adapt the cinematics you've already done into something coherent for like an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. And like, boom. You the gotta... storyboard's even kind of there already. Yeah. Like, you, like they've, they've got a compelling idea and a compelling story and some great characters. They could make a... Re I think that's the best thing to do with this IP at this point. Now, Emperor Dread says, people spend more time watching Overwatch 2 than playing Overwatch 2. Yeah. I'm the, I agree. I'm one of those people. I spent a lot more time watching it than I have playing it. So, um, I don't know. Overwatch 2 may not be long for this world, but then you're right. The X factor there is the Microsoft acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Who knows what will happen to Overwatch once that happens, if it mm -hmm. does happen. So, something to keep an eye on there. Um, and then, adding to the woes of the Lord of the Rings Gollum, the entire game leaked on YouTube. Somebody who got review code went and played the game, played the whole thing, and uploaded the entire game to YouTube. And nothing of value was lost. No. <laughs> They're probably hoping that he'll still cover their games in the future, after what happened with the reviews for uh, Gollum. Um, yeah, that's a lot of effort, really, for this game. The crazy part is I had an employee do this before, with a much higher profile game than I this. I remember that, yeah. Um, I'm not going to say who it was, but I'm not going to call him out by name. But I'll just say it was a Nintendo game, and your boy Shane had to fly up to Washington to kiss the ring at Nintendo mm -hmm. to try to keep them from suspending us from covering their products. And I flew all the way up there, did a presentation showing how many literally billions of views game trailers had done for its games, and they told me to kick rocks and go back, and we were suspended for six months. Hmm. And we were suspended. Like, if we tried to walk into a Nintendo booth at any event, they knew to look for us and would throw us out. So this isn't the first time this has happened. Don't and I know a lot of Nintendo people, ninjas. And I know a lot of people don't know about this story because it was kind of, we did a very good job of burying it back when it happened. 
Um, but this stuff happens more than you think. Like, people lose their minds. Like, the person that did this, that was working for me, literally just lost their mind. When I brought them into my office to talk to them about it, they're like, I don't know why I did it. I literally lost my mind and lost all reason. I was so excited to be playing this game early that I just, I was like, uh, that's your excuse? So anyway, this happens more often than you might think. Um, and with bigger games than the Lord of the Rings Gollum, but it, you're right, in hindsight now with the reviews and everything, it doesn't matter. If anything, it was probably a good thing because it built a little bit of hype before the reviews tore it all down. It's the most interesting thing that's going to happen. That's going to happen with the game, yeah, ironically. So. Yep. Um, and then our final note before we get into the show proper, and this is the biggest shocker of the week for me, Matt, and I'm still not 100% sure that I believe it, but PlayStation has announced that PlayStation VR 2 has soundly outsold the first PlayStation VR and that they sold 600,000 units in the first six weeks. Do you believe that, Matt? Um, sure. That's anecdotal not, evidence doesn't that's, make not, me believe that. Yeah, but anecdotal evidence isn't evidence. Yeah, like, you're right. That's if, why it's called anecdotal they're, evidence. If they're lying <laughs> about that, that's... that's like shareholder fraud that's true and they, they yeah. that's illegal so they would that's a I good don't point think, i don't think that they're lying about that i it really more throws into uh highlight of um how few units the first one sold uh-huh um what ultimately sold two million when it was all said and done yeah. or five million five million i mean it's yeah. i mean yes this is better than the first but i can't imagine this is what they were hoping for well the other thing too is like okay if that's true and you sold that many units then you should be pretty excited about it and in the Sony showcase, we should get that vibe, right? Mm. And um, we're going to talk about that a couple of games in a second. <laughs> exactly, we're going to talk about that in a second. And I think the evidence there maybe doesn't support these sales, but still, if this is true, congratulations to PlayStation. That's way better than I thought it did. I, you're the only person I know that got it. Mm-hmm. I don't see people talking about it at all on social media, like anywhere. So I was really shocked to hear that PlayStation VR two did that well. So I'm the only person I know who got it. Yeah. So maybe it's not a dead platform after all. I don't know. Is 600,000 units enough to convince developers to keep making games for it? Probably not. No. Probably no. not. Why? If you were only going to sell 600,000 or something, what do you, I mean, you must be making like something on the level of Beat Saber. Yeah. Pain to my says, Shane, you're already in enough pain. Don't subject yourself to more by playing Gollum. <laughs> it's my job. Typically, my job's pretty awesome as far as like what I do day to day. Like... I can typically pick and choose like what I want to play. Sometimes you got to jump on a grenade, uh, so it doesn't kill me. I think it's good sometimes to play bad games because it resets the scale a little bit. Um, it helps you appreciate the better games uh, because you just take for granted that most video games are going to do certain things well and do them right the right way. And every once in a while, a game comes along to remind you that that's not always the case. Uh, so anyway, that's the housekeeping we have for today's episode. Um, And as I said, we're going to talk about the PlayStation Showcase. But before we do, here's a word from our sponsor, LS Cream. LS Cream is a fine cream liqueur created by fellow gamer and sifter, Stevens Charles. It's inspired by an ancestral recipe from Haiti called Cray Mass and a double gold winner for its original taste at the New York Wine and Spirit International Competition. Ellis Cream can be enjoyed on the rocks or as a mixer for drinks with its rich blend of fresh cream and neutral grain spirits with notes of coconut, vanilla, cinnamon, and nutmeg. It's great in coffee or to make espresso martinis. 
To learn more, discover amazing drink recipes, or to track down your own bottle using a handy store locator, head to creamls.com. That's creamls.com. All right, people, go to creamls.com. Website's got everything there. There's a store locator, so you can figure out if you can buy it locally. There are links to BevMo and other online retailers where you can order it online and get it delivered to your door. There's drink recipes. There's the history of the drink. It's an awesome website. Lots of information there. Head on over and buy yourself a bottle of LS Cream. You will not regret it. I promise you. And with that, it's time to kick off the show. It's time to go through what basically is PlayStation's E3 2023 press conference. Um... An hour and 15 minutes about it was. It went over an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were, I never did do a full count, um, but I'm guessing there's probably, what, 30-some games? Maybe, roughly. Yeah, maybe somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, that's pretty big for an E3 press conference. There's a lot to cover, although you have to wonder. I did wonder watching this, because we have the Xbox one coming up as well, what is going to be left for Summer Game Fest for Keeley? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if there's going to be a lot. I don't know. Didn't he say three or four things or something? Yeah, well, big I mean, things. One of them has got to be Death Stranding too. Yeah. Um, For obvious reasons. Yeah. Because I was kind of surprised we didn't see that. Yeah. Well, no, I wasn't. Once once Metal Gear came up. Because mm, he doesn't want to be mixed up with Konami. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's funny. That's a conflict of interest now, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. PlayStation had to make that decision, right? I think so. It had to be like, do we go with Konami? Or do we go with Kojima? Do you think they made the right call? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. For the purposes of making headlines with this, yeah, I think you're right. I think they made the right call. Um, so we're going to go through it game by game. I feel like I've, I've tried to rank the games in order of importance, or at least I think in order of your interest, um, what games have the most interest for you guys. But we're going to start things off by discussing hardware, believe it or not. Um, the rumored Q-Lite handheld that we talked about here on Game Phase, mm-hmm. Pactor did an episode of it, for Pactor Factor, which is like one of the most watched episodes of Pactor Factor in the last month. People are interested in this, like big time. And as it turns out, all the rumors were true. Everybody loves a, tra- a train wreck. Yeah. <laughs> you think that's what it is? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. You think it's a train wreck? Well, it's not a handheld, is it? Kinda. If it, if it doesn't work without the internet, that's not a fucking handheld. It's a second screen. Yeah. It's like a tablet. I don't even know how to explain yeah. what it is. It's a DualSense controller it's a stream- cut in half. It's a streaming screen. With an 8-inch screen put in between it. Yeah. It has all the functionality of the DualSense controller, the haptic feedback, all that stuff with the screen. And as Matt pointed out, the catch here is that you can't load games onto it and play yeah. the game. It's not a system. It's a screen. Yeah. It's a screen with controllers on the side. It doesn't, it's not a handheld system. And they did use its code name. They called it the Q, which yeah. was a part of the leaks. I was like, okay, you haven't come up with a new name yeah, for there's it. No, there's got to be a different name for this. It's point. weird to debut it without knowing what the name is, I think. Well, that to me says that A, it's a long way out, and B, if they're doing a PlayStation Pro for this, it's connected to that somehow. By the way, there are rumors, there are rumors swirling this week from a reliable source that they are in fact going to be mid-cycle refreshes for both of these consoles mm-hmm. we'll see I, I still i'm not sold on it but the person who leaked it is pretty pretty reliable so there's a chance there but this legitimately legitimately matt looks like they cut the controller yeah it reminds me of the um i mean there's a lot of like things you like stick controllers on the sides of your phone yeah and things like but also Grips, it reminds them. me of the gamecube keyboard controller yep. for playstation fantasy star online yep yeah, they just had like the GameCube controller cut in half with the keyboard in between it. Um, what is the? Who's going to use this? 
I have no idea. So you already have a lot of PlayStation fans out there with Vitas that you can use the Vita to play remote play on your PS5. So you kind of already have it if you have a Vita. So you're counting on there's a big section of your fans that aren't going to buy this already. Right. But from what I understand, it's it's a local thing. Yeah. So, like, you have to play... Oh, you can't be on the road at, like, a hotel and, like... Not as I understand it. I oh, think I thought this you is could. A lo- this is a local network. Are you kidding me? I think you can just... Play- it's like you can just turn your 4K TV off and play it on that. Oh, forget that. So this is for people who only have one TV, basically? I guess. And I mean, if the wife wants to watch something, you're going to use this to play the games? I guess. <laughs> That's absurd. <laughs> it is doomed to failure. That's insane. I thought since it was for remote play that you'd be able to as like far as I take it on the road with you. No, as far and, as like, I understand it, you have to be on the same Wi-Fi network as the PlayStation 5. If that's the case, this is dead in the water. Of course it is. Even with, it, with remote play, it's likely dead in the water. Let's be honest. Like Even if you could take it yeah. like with you somewhere and use an internet connection yeah, to stream it's, from it's your... Not, p- no, it's not even that. So it's, like a, it's, the, it's the Wii U gamepad. It, it is kind of like the Wii U. Yeah. Like, that's the we vibe. We saw that, how that worked. Yeah, we, we, well, sure, that <laughs> we sure did. Yeah, PlayStation's not letting Nintendo learn its lessons for it anymore, apparently. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, I don't like how close those sticks are to that screen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, your fingers are definitely going to touch the screen while you're playing. No, I was sure. talking about the heat of the screen warping the components of the sticks oh. and causing some kind of stick problem. I mean, it feels like... That'll be fun to send You push those sticks inward, they might touch the screen. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're <laughs> definitely coming close. I mean, that'll be fun to send in for repairs. Yeah. Who is this for? I have some weird exec at Sony who thinks this is a good idea. That's who it's for. People in chat are saying that you're right. It is literally local only. You have to be on your local super fast Wi-Fi. Mm. That this is not a remote play device. No. <laughs> it's so Probably idiotic. Said it's not a handheld. It's just a screen. It really is just an extra screen with a controller attached to it. This is again a thing. I mean, this isn't even like a Steam. I mean, Steam Deck can play stuff on its own. Yeah. But this is just another again for people who do not control the television in their own home. Yeah. Which I get. Sure. It's better than not being able to play. But, like, it has no use case in my house. Me either. What do you honestly, think I- if I did have a use case for it in my house, you know what I'd do? I'd buy another TV and tell whoever that was to watch in the other room. <laughs> I bet they try to sell it for, like, 200 bucks. I think it might be more than that. You think so? That doesn't look like cheap hardware. Then it's really dead in the water. <laughs> and they also announced these new earbuds, mm-hmm. which they seem to be a boon for people for PlayStation VR 2 more than just typical use. Although yeah. it does, the tech in, in them is pretty good, and yeah. who, who knows what the price is. So, I mean, that would be a very good option for PSVR 2. Yeah. If you're one of the 600,000. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations, they've developed something just for you. I mean, although, again, not having a wire connecting you to your controller is probably mm-hmm. nice. You know? Yeah. But um, yeah. I, there's not a lot of uses for me for that because I don't do, I mean, maybe for, if I played the PSVR 2 more. But. Yeah. I'm worried about what that's probably gonna be like 150 bucks or something, right? The earbuds, yeah, probably. My guess is probably 100, 99, 99 or we'll something see. like that. We're right, we'll see. They may try to compete with like Apple. Yeah, they're. I mean, Sony is arrogant enough to think that they're on the level of the AirPod. Yep. So. Yep. And if that's the case, you got to set the price to match it. Otherwise, people mm-hmm. aren't going to compare the two. So. But you're, you're all. You also kind of have an advantage in that, like the AirPods do not sync with your PlayStation tech. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's true. How yep. much will you pay for that? Basically? Yeah. Yep. Um, so anyway, that's the hardware. Um, are you surprised that they showed that handheld instead of showing the PlayStation 5 Pro or whatever? No. It's a little I mean, early for that. Too early for that. Yeah. Even though we are three years into it. Also, I think you're going to need the next wave of games to be supporting the power bump. Right. I mean, if you want to show something to 
mm-hmm. to demonstrate the difference. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's the next wave of first party stuff. Yeah. Okay. Because that's when the stuff that the stuff that would be shown kind of later this year or early next year is the stuff that would have begun development with that plan in mind. Right, right. Yep. Okay, well, speaking of that next wave of PlayStation exclusives, that's pretty much what this entire presentation was about. So we're going to start talking about the games that were shown, and the first one we're going to discuss is Jade Raymond's new game, Fair Games. It is... It looks a whole heck of a lot like Watch Dogs, like aesthetically and kind of concept-wise. But as it turns out, after it was over, we started getting some more information about it. And it really isn't like Watch Dogs. It's more like Payday. Yeah, it's more like Payday. Yeah. Um, it's also That's, has that's a, what the presentation... I mean, the pre- I see what you mean with the Watch Dogs thing, but mm-hmm. when I was watching this... I was, like, all this I stuff thinking, is payday. total Watch Dogs. Sure, but the happy faces and the, the attitude are all Payday. Yeah. It's, it's, it's basically Watch Day. <laughs> pay dogs pay dogs i like that one better <laughs> um and this trailer by the way all cgi this is not in engine or anything like that and they do label it as such there's a lot of that to... going around in this showcase yeah and they're not trying to fool you they label it as such right at the beginning um but it is a sci-fi competitive heist game they call it a thrilling competitive heist game where you join an underground movement to rob the ultra rich and rebalance the scales so there's a lot of anti-capitalism messaging in this mm-hmm. trailer um, which was one of the first things that i picked up on um, and you will be trespassing inside forbidden locations around the world where you must fill your pockets like a kid in a candy store and unravel the nefarious plans of untouchable billionaires. Does that sound compelling to you, Matt? Sounds like a pretty good weekend. Yeah. <laughs> it's one I, of the games as a service that PlayStation's been talking about. It's been saying all along it has 10 games as a service yeah. in development. Is this, the, is this the game that they bought her company on the back? It of? is, yep. This is the game that they saw. That they were once they saw it, they were convinced that mm. they should buy the studio. Okay. Would you have been moved by this trailer in such a way that you would decide to purchase a studio? I'm not even moved to purchase the game. So no. <laughs> I'm, I'm cool with the anti-billionaires angle though in this. Oh sure, it's, it's <laughs> like, uh, like the the trappings are all solid. Although I think the the style is a little repulsive. To yeah, me. I, I, it doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm too old for that. Yeah. Um, I like the uh, the music, but also I don't know. I mean, yeah, the music, was, but also I don't know. Like to me, this just seems kind of like embarrassing and cringy, and I don't know like if a kid, if a younger person would like, like would a Gen Z kid like see this and be like, oh yeah, this is super cool, or would it come off to them as like, hey, like how do you do, fellow kids? Because mm-hmm. to me, it feels like how do you do, fellow kids? Yeah, but I'm not a fellow kid, so I don't know what they would actually think of this. But this sure feels like a weird form of like pandering when you're going on about eat the rich and you a don't even have the aerosmith song and, <laughs> and b you spent like a hundred million dollars to make this there's also a motorhead song called eat the rich which mm-hmm. i prefer i would be honest with you but i hear you um like all in all maybe you should just go back and play revolution x again yeah uh, one thing i will say i like the aesthetic of this game whatever it is that they're trying to sell in this cg trailer mm. it's got me hooked a little bit um there's a couple others later that the cg the the aesthetics are more interesting to me oh i'd agree with that too um the gameplay itself i'm not a big payday guy and it seems like either you are a payday guy or you're not a payday guy or you are a gta online guy or you're not a gta online much like the candy bar you either are or not a payday person yeah and i'm not so well payday would kill you Oh, right, yeah, because all the nuts. <laughs> I've never eaten nuts. one, yeah. <laughs> and I never will. Um, and I, but I was talking about the game. Right. 
And um, but the game might also kill you. It, I mean, or at least bore me. I am just not a big <laughs> fan of heist games, honestly. I am allergic to the payday games. Yeah, so. I've tried them a bunch of times, and I just couldn't get into them. Yeah, I just I don't care about um, like the PvP heist, like grab the bag thing and try to escape. There's thing, another game plan later the on out. this that is a similar thing. That is he was a, he is a huge disappointment to find out that's what that is. But mm-hmm. you know, also not super you know surprising. Yeah, it's like the year of the heist game for whatever reason because Payday Three is also like. About to be shown off for the first time. Um, and that's a long time coming as well. So anyway, that is called Fair Games. It is coming to PlayStation 5 and PC. The other thing we should have mentioned off the top, Matt, Xbox got a little dig in on PlayStation this morning mm-hmm. when it announced that, you know, of the games that were shown yesterday in that PlayStation showcase, most of them are also on Xbox. 12 of those yeah. are coming to Xbox. And almost all of them are coming to PC. So... Yeah. Which this, I had some people on, like, I know are worried like, about Dragon's Dogma and stuff. I was like, wait, is that going to be like exclusive? I'm like, no. it's no. Gonna, Sony just never mentions other platforms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure, I was like, I'm sure, because they're worried about PC. I'm like, I'm sure Dragon's Dogma will be on PC. That was a big part of my one. work that I've had to do since this thing ended to prepare for the show today was going back and trying to figure out like what platforms these games were coming to. Because at your point, PlayStation was like, it's, it's just PlayStation. Then you start digging mm-hmm. around, and you find a press release, and you'll find that it's multi-platform and come into everything. Yeah. So I will say, though, after they posted that, your showcase better be fucking amazing. Right. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't... Like, you, yeah, I mean... You don't say something like that unless you feel like you would think, unless you feel like you can back yeah. it up. El Guapo just said the same thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, you better back this up. Mm-hmm. Like, so that, like, that showcase doesn't come out and Sony can't come, turn around and be like... Hey, uh, the good news is none of the shit they just showed is on our platform, so you don't have to play any of that crap. You know, yeah, you, I would. That's what I. That would my where my target would be for if I was Sony at this yeah, point. I know I Sony doesn't play that game too much because they know they're in front first place and don't need to play that game. Yep. But as long as we're being petty. Yep. <laughs> so like, it'll be interesting to see if Xbox delivers on exclusives, real exclusives, during its press conference. It kind of kind of has to now. Yeah. And they'd be really stupid to release that statement if they weren't ready to back it up. But I have seen publishers I mean, do really stupid stuff. There's a little bit stuff. of like, hey, don't forget, what, don't forget us. Yeah, to it. I mean, it, you can see it. Felt a, that you can see it a different way. There. Oh, yeah. It's not. You know, it's not. It's not coming from a place of power. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, next up, probably the game that shined the brightest yesterday, without a doubt, Marvel Spider-Man Two. We mm-hmm. not only did we get. Finally, a trailer that lasted more than 15 seconds, which is this, that sets up the plot, or at least the beginning of the plot. We also got an 11-minute chunk of gameplay that just showed off so much awesome stuff. Um, we also kind of got a release date. They just said before the end of the year. Fall. Does that make so. you nervous at all? Nope. No? It's insomnia. That they weren't able to peg down on an exact date no, right now? Nothing had a date in this. Yeah, I mean, it's only May. Like, yeah, it, plenty it's, of time. It's fine. It's, yeah. Insomniac doesn't miss targets. Yep. So... My guess is this will be November. Yeah. Early November. Or late October. Maybe, but I think it'll depend where Call of Duty goes. Yep. <laughs> That's exactly what's going to determine it. So this sort of sets up the plot for the game, but Matt, we were talking off air before the show started. You don't think that this is actually the crux of the plot, right? No, I think this is act one. Like, Because people were saying, like, oh, I'm so happy that Craven's the focus of the game. Like, Craven is not the focus of this game. And I would not be happy if he were the focus of well, the no. entire game. <laughs> if you if you look at the early bits of the first Spider-Man game, uh, you would think that the focus of the game was Kingpin or Mr. Yep. Negative. That is not the focus of this game. King, uh, Craven kicks this off, mm-hmm. absolutely. But but the, the, the crux of the game is going to be Venom and or Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. Because you're trying to save Harry Osborne's life. He mentions that during the chase, that Harry's dying. We have to get this thing. We have to help him. And the symbiote is obviously a problem. 
And so I so Craven is Act One, and Act Two is I Act Two and Three are gonna either be are gonna be Venom and Green Goblin. I don't know which order mm-hmm. whether he gets rid of the suit and then Venom becomes a thing, and then Norman Osborn is the big final bad. Or if Norman becomes a problem, and you use the suit to fight him and almost kill him, or maybe do kill him, mm-hmm. and Peter realizes he's got to ditch the suit, and then Venom becomes an issue and in the final act. Um, but I guarantee you, Craven is the warm-up act. Craven is the opening act villain on this. Yep. Um, the other big reveal to, here is that Peter gets the symbiote suit. Not to detract from him, but like... You know, people saying like, "Oh my God, this game's about Craven." Is like people saying that the first game was about Mister Negative yeah. because it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't. Craven just sets everything in motion. Cra- yeah, Craven is the inciting incident. He mm-hmm. is not the big bad. Yeah, no I don't. Question. I don't think so either. And um, then they get to the big chunk of gameplay, and this is where the awesome starts happening. Mm-hmm. It's where you find you get to see the suit. The animation of the suit is mind blowing. Yeah. Whoever did this at Insomniac is a freaking genius. Oh, they're all. I mean, a lot of people did it, but like. I do know a guy uh, over there who started an animation on the first one and is now like pretty senior because he's so good at it. His name's James Ham. You should follow him on Twitter. Uh, he, I know he did uh, later in this in the warehouse. Miles uh, zaps a guy, zips over to him, jumps in the air, like webs the ground and pulls him and the guy to the ground and slams the guy to the ground. James, I know James did that animation himself. He's it's awesome. He also did a bunch of Miles. Um, mid-air animation in, in Miles' own game, and when he's doing, like, the tricks and stuff, he did a lot of that. Um, here comes the best shot right here. This is very cool. Kaboom! You were, you, <laughs> it's freaking they awesome! Very, they worked very hard to, to think of different things to do with everything. They worked very hard to make I'm gonna sure... I'm going to rewind that They worked very hard again. to make sure that Miles and Peter feel like different people. Like, you know, there's not... A, there's, you know, there's no recycled animation between the two of them. And, like, you'll even see in this, like, the character work in Insomniac is always ideal because, like... <laughs> That's so awesome. Look how hard they're working to make, you know, that finishing move. Peter in the first game would never do that to Yeah, him. yeah. Like, the, the he's, suit... He's meaner, for sure. The suit is influencing him here. Huge. Later in the... In the my favorite little animation bit is actually near the end of the trailer where he, um... Where he saves somebody from the exploding something or other, and seamlessly uh, switching to Miles here, by the way, yeah. big big deal. Like you think you're just gonna be able to switch between the two of them at any time you want? No, no. Uh, you think it's gonna be predetermined? Like that you okay? Just, now you switch? Well, yeah, it just showed it was predetermined. You had to hit hit the square button and switch. So why wouldn't it just switch then? Because you have to be ready for it. Mm. Um, I do think there's a possibility that once you have, and when you have downtime, like between missions, that's in the what open I'm getting world, at. Yep. Like you might be able to switch between them. That's what I'm getting assuming at. Assuming one of them is not indisposed. Right. Like if you're point. not in mission, I'm wondering yeah. if you can just choose which one you want to play to just swing around or I whatever. I would guess that they both have different collectibles. So I would, yeah. I think that you probably will. In the open world, when you're not in the actively doing anything story specific, or maybe like there's no. There might be times, I think, I bet there's going to be times where, like, Peter you can't play as because he's off being an asshole somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so you're just going to play Miles until you start the next story mission. But I would imagine at the very least by the end of the game when, like, you get kind of free roam to mop up the collectibles, I bet you'll be able to switch between them at will. Sort of like how when you eventually unlock the ability to change the weather. Right. In the first game. Mm -hmm. That's, that would be my guess, that eventually you will be able to do that. New mechanic here, being able to just create wires to walk on mm-hmm. versus just web slinging. Here comes the animation that you were talking about from, from your uh, friend. Yeah. And the ability to, uh, you know, the, a lot of these abilities are, you're seeing like ways to handle multiple enemies at once in a way you couldn't before. Yep. Um, this is it right here. Right here. This, this, this is, is the finisher made. that Matt was talking about that he made. Yeah. James, Pretty sick. That's James Ham. All, <laughs> all on display there. Go follow him on Twitter. He does a lot. He puts up a lot of his own stuff and he does a lot of cool animation. Little like 
stories and, and insights. Matter of fact says I would just play as Venom all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. I could probably see that. <laughs> I mean, it also reminds me of uh, Web of Shadows, where you could switch back and forth between the regular yeah. and costume. Well, there was, what, five different ones or something in that? In what, Web of Shadows? Yeah. No, it was only two. Well, which, wasn't there a Spider-Man game where you could swap between, like, a handful of them? That was um, Shattered Dimensions. Shattered Dimensions, yeah. Shattered Dimensions. You could even play as, like, the old school one, where you wore, like, the gas mask or whatever. That was Spider-Man Noir, yeah. Yeah. Who's uh, yeah, that was uh, that was where the Spider Verse concept came from, right? Yeah, like the guy who was writing Spider Man at the time saw that, and uh, one of our friends, the light bulb went one off. Of our friends worked on that. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. uh, he went back to Marvel. He's like, "Hey, they're doing a pretty cool thing over there. We could do this." That's where that all comes from. Yeah, this game looks awesome. Um, I can't wait to play it. Yeah, this is very cool. Must buy. Like, I, if there's any studio that I trust, there is. Um, it's I mean, Insomniac. I mean, as, as I've said, Starfield is my most anticipated because it's so it's such an X factor. Mm-hmm. But I will honest, I will be shocked if this is not my favorite game of the year. Yeah, I would be shocked like, if it's not your favorite game of the year. I mean, it is your ga- it is your game. It was made for you, pretty much. And there, the truth is, there's a lot of people like you that this will be their mm-hmm. game of the year as well. Um, I mean, Spider-Man is the biggest superhero of all time, mm-hmm. uh, certainly merchandise-wise. Certainly my nephews-wise. Um, it's, yeah. it's Spider-Man. They, lo- they all love I Spider-Man. Mean, you, you know, no disrespect to Superman and Batman, but Sp- when you see, like, Spider-Man, like, merchandise sales, it's more than the rest of Marvel combined. I know. It's and really it's more crazy. than Batman. It's more than... It's, it, Spider-Man is unbelievably popular and always has been. Yep. Um, there's just something about him. And uh, you know the cartoons got me back when I was a kid. <laughs> I, like, I mean, I watched the old '60s cartoon when I, you know in reruns growing up, and my cousin gave me comics, Spider-Man team-ups. Mm-hmm. It, it was Marvel team-ups, but it was Spider-Man teaming up with a different character every every issue. And that was a how I got to know Spider-Man, and b how I got to know all these weird D-lister Marvel because <laughs> the team-ups were sometimes they were big characters who like everybody wanted to see, but sometimes they were just like people they wanted to give a boost by putting them in the same comic as Spider-Man, and that's why I know who characters like uh um bat rock the leaper and uh and uh, Ms. Mar- cuts and carol, carol danvers carol yeah. danvers was in that early on that's why i like carol so much you know, yeah I, I, I like ms marvel and now captain marvel because of it um uh, black widow uh mockingbird like i knew all these weird little characters that were in these marvel team-ups my cousin gave me which was like Really cool, and but like Spider, I got to know Spider Man from that and his appearances in uh, the Transformers comic because <laughs> early on that was supposed to be canon to Marvel, and yeah. they just would like you to forget about that, please. I have but, a feeling that this sequence right here might replace the train sequence in Uncharted Two as this thing that we always reference. I don't think it will. No, no. The rigging in this is oh, like is. ridiculous. But I don't like, think it will because I think there's three other things that are more impressive in this game that we haven't seen. Okay, this is this is early. This is like. Oh, you mean event when we play it, we'll see things yeah, that are more awesome. Absolutely. I mean, this is pretty crazy. This is, dude. I mean, this is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I think this is. I don't act, know how you top is, it. This is Act One. I know, but this games try to start off with a bang a lot of times to get oh, you hooked sure. into the game. But like, so. but you can tell it's early because like you know they they don't they don't, they are familiar with Craven, but everything's not established yet, mm-hmm. and they're not showing the lizard. Right. Like, they're still trying to keep Connor's, like, yeah. kind of under wraps a little bit. All the little details, and there's all the pedestrians and the humans that are scattered in these scenes. Like, yeah. it's amazing. It really is a technical and the seamless marvel. transitions and the no loading. I mean, you're, yeah, this, there's people that I saw that were calling, saying that this could be done on the PS4, and I'm like, I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what PS4 you had, but <laughs> mine could not do this. Matt, like, what's up with some of the shots that they have in this where he could, looks like he can just fly? Well, they're both using, gli- they're gliding using the, um, like they they have like these web things under their yeah arms. like right here yeah I mean he's just flying he's not propelling himself using any web well, he's like gliding it's crazy 
I mean, that's that's his established Spider-Man power. It is. I totally get it. But it just where is he getting his locomotion from? Inertia. Crazy. Like, they're moving real fast. And you get a little bit of a... I mean, I don't think you can do that indefinitely. Yeah. But they're clearly using it to sort of, like, bridge the gap between areas where you can attach a web to something. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he does that in uh, Far From Home. He has, mm-hmm. He's got the web things. Yeah, yeah. He glides over the helicopter blade. Yep. Um, usually don't see him use it to f- glide that far. Right. But, like, yeah. it's clearly a new traversal thing. Yeah, it's cool. Um, Spider-Woman uses it to fl- practically fly. Yeah. Um, I don't expect to see her in this. But and he turns invisible there. Very curious about the um, the, the little map that Craven brings up and has all the different characters. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of no- There's some non-Spider-Man characters. Yeah. I'm curious if we'll see any of them because everybody you have to protect them. All maybe. the non-Spider-Man licensed characters in the first game were all conveniently out of town. <laughs> uh, if you if you t- when you had to go around taking on pictures, vacation, taking pictures of everything, he yeah. would, you, a lot of times he would come. He's like, I wonder where the Avengers are. I haven't seen them in forever. I'm like, Yeah, Doctor Strange must be in another dimension. Everybody's gone. <laughs> um, and also, the sh- I'm curious about the Shocker. Uh, because the Shocker, the Shocker's in the first game, but he's also in Craven's lineup. Mm-hmm. And there's a famous meme from the the old Fox cartoon, <laughs> the '90s Fox cartoon, where when the Shocker was the villain that he fought in the black suit, and that car- cartoon is what introduced the uh, the black suit affecting his personality. Because before that, it didn't do that in the original comics. The black suit was just a black alien suit, and it just loved being Spider-Man with him so much that at night it would like take it would swing around the city with him asleep, and he'd be exhausted. <laughs> That's how you figure out something something was What's wrong. What's going on here? <laughs> so he goes to Reed Richards in the Fantastic Four and says, "Like, what the hell is going on? Why am I so tired all the time?" And Reed is like, "Yeah, this suit you got when we were in Battle World. It turns out it's alive and trying to bond with your nervous system." And he's like, "Holy no, I don't want to do that." And gets rid of it by using sound, the bell tower, to, to knock it off. And um, and then Eddie, Eddie Brock finds it, and, and he's already mad at Spider-Man. And uh, that's the other thing, is I'm sure during the course of all this, at some point, you are going to do something that ruins Eddie Brock's career. And that <laughs> that is how Venom is going to come about later. El Guapo is asking, any cameos that you want to see? Uh, I would, Well, the shocker thing I was talking about is, like, in the in the cartoon, he, he realizes that the... Um, uh, that the suit is doing something to him because he gets really violent with Shocker, and there's a famous ridiculous scene where he's chasing him through like this this tower, and he's like, "Shocker, I will chase you to the ends of the earth." Oh, and, like, and I'm like, if you make him say that in this game, I will fall in love with this game all over. Again. That'll be amazing. <laughs> Other people are pointing out that the uh, mean Spider-Man sounds a lot like. Um, uh, a Naruto character because it's also Yuri Lowenthal using pretty much the same voice. Oh. But, but luckily, I've never seen Naruto that much, so I don't. I don't care. This is a great. That was the, the you just saw the animation thing. I loved where um, he rescues a guy and kind of lets the he lets him tumble to the yeah. ground. And Miles looks and is like, "What?" Because like Peter would never do that. He'd set him he'd, down and like pat his head gently and make sure he was okay. But but Black Suit Spider Man is just like, nope, he just, yeah, he you're just, fine." But it's funny too. He like rolls him. Oh, so he perfectly yeah. rolls and stands up, and then the dude's like, "What?" Oh yeah, <laughs> it's but great. It's, a, it's it's just an attitude. Thing. Yeah, my so, hype for this game just went. So yeah, it's, it's very impressive. All, all looks amazing. Easily the best thing shown at the PlayStation oh, sure. Show, as like, it should have been. Bumps it up a number of grade points just by itself. Yep. I am very excited for Marvel Spider-Man 2, and you should be as well. Uh, next up, the another big game that was shown that we knew was coming, the remake of Metal Gear Solid 3 that they're actually calling Metal Gear Solid Delta instead of Metal Gear Solid 3, and they're, they're explaining that Delta actually means change. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a remake of Metal Gear Solid 3. And here's the thing, Matt. This is actually being made by Konami. 
Yeah. In-house, in-house at Konami. Interesting. Who is making games like this in-house at Konami? I don't know. That scares me. I will say that like it from the screenshots they put up, it is literally a one-to-one remake. Yeah, they're like, not, they are not, they're not taking any anything. liberties with it they at are, all. They are just updating the visuals and... From somebody was analyzing the the screenshots and said it, it looks like they might literally just be reskinning uh, the HD remaster. Oh, really? Yeah. It oh. is, there may not be any changes at all to anything beyond plugging it into a new game engine. I might be okay with that. I'm fine with that. I, I mean, I'm not fine with that because I actually don't like this game. I don't much. either. I am not a meta- um, MGS3 fan at all. I thought the whole like CQC system was weird and. I would like to see a, yeah. I would like to see a, a control revamp because I don't think the controls ever work either. Very well, the bandage, the bandaging stuff was weird and janky. Yeah, like you definitely you need sh- shortcuts galore. You need to figure out how that control system works, where you have to hold square when you're also sneaking, or it doesn't count as sneaking or something. Yeah, it's, it was. I I have never gotten more than a couple hours in this game. I know everybody thinks people it's the loves it. Thing ever. Yeah, I know. And then people are like, oh, Kojima's not involved. I'm like, if Kojima's not involved. That can only be good. Like, I, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I, uh, the dude is the most overrated game developer in the history of the medium. I, there's no, I, I don't. I'm sorry. Everyone's like, I can't believe this. This trailer wasn't in real time and it didn't have like weird ARG. Th- I'm like, good. I don't care. I don't want it to be. Just show me that it's being made and get to back to me later. I yep. don't care. Um, so Konami did put out a press release a couple hours after they showed this trailer. It included a little bit inf- of information. Uh, they did say that they are targeting a faithful faithful remake of Metal Gear Solid mm. 3. It's hard to believe it was released in 2004. It's been almost 20 years since the game came out. Um, but they're trying to make it for a new generation of players and loyal fans alike. They're hoping that they'll experience the origin story of the famed Big Boss and witness how his legend was forged in the crucible of Operation Snake Eater. Um, the remake will star the original voice actors from the original game. Yeah, it sounds like they're just using the original recordings. Oh, really? They're not even going to re-record the stuff. I wouldn't want to re-record it with, you know, David Hater. David Hater's voice doesn't sound the same anymore. You're right. His voice has changed a lot with time. As we typical. heard later in the showcase. Yeah, that's true, actually. Um, but it will feature the original voice. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I think it is. Probably they're just using the same recordings, which from 2004, they're probably still workable. Oh, come on, Delfino. My favorite sport is dissing David Cage, and you know it. <laughs> what did he say? Matt? Oh, Matt dissing Kojima, his favorite sports. <laughs> yep, there are a lot of uh, Kojima fanboys out there. I can't date Kojima because then Jeff Keighley would never talk to me again. <laughs> you think Kojima's cheating on him with I would, you? I would, I would never do that to Jeff. <laughs> um, but otherwise, yeah, it looks like it's just going to be as faithful with a conversion as possible. Do you think that's what fans want, or do you think they would want to see some stuff fixed I up? think they're divided. Yeah. I, I think I've seen people that are excited to play it again and glad it's not being changed. I've seen people that want it to be changed and updated. I've seen people that don't want it to be changed without Kojima's input. I've seen, you know, you're never going to please everybody or any, maybe anybody with this thing. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, it's a bold move. Uh, I don't know if it's going to pay off for him, Cotton. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> Um, and then they announced kind of on the tail of that that, that there's a Metal Gear Solid 1 Master Collection coming. Um, volume 1 of that includes the first three Metal Gear Solid games. That's almost more interesting. It kind of is. Because the volume, what's volume 2 then? I know. At some point, you got to bite the bullet and save 4 mm-hmm. from the PlayStation 3, yeah. right? Yeah. Like if you, you do volume 1 and you do volume 2 and 4 isn't on there, what are you doing? Because, okay, look, we know Volume 2 is going to be all the fucking handheld shit. Yeah. Right? It's going to be Peace Walker and Acid 1 and 2. Yeah. And, you know, a bunch of crap we don't care about. Um, but, like, if you keep going on that, 
you got to do four. Like they have that's to a get tough four project. Out of there. I is, wouldn't I trust mean, Konami to do it. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's what this is a dry run for. Maybe because like you you would have to remake four from the ground up. Yeah, because that thing's not going to yeah. port. Porting anything from the PS3 from is the a cell processor. Yes, you, you're rewriting it to the to the bone. Basically. Pretty much. Yeah. So I mean, four. I mean, look, four. These are not like remakes by the way these, no they're these are just, just the, the core yeah. versions of the games it still looks like current they, it looks like they're the hd remasters that have run around for almost 10 years yeah. that are just being finally brought to new platforms again yep um but again, they're gonna launch those you're gonna leading call, up to if the you're gonna MDS call it the master collection and put a volume number on it and you don't do four what do you what are you doing you, why are you even starting this project yeah are you excited about the metal gear solid 3 remake no i don't care about if metal i solid 3. knew that they were doing more to it if I thought that they were going to change, oh, if some I thought of, they were doing like a Resident Evil Four treatment yeah. to it, yes, I would. Then it, I would be. It's into just it. a straight up port, basically with better graphics. I don't so I did. I did like the characters in that game. Like a lot of the bosses, I thought were really good. Um, I thought the plot was okay. Yeah, I mean the stuff I've read about like the, you know the various bosses. That's all really neat. I'm mm-hmm. just gonna, I'm not going to slog through that crap to get. To it was those to me. It was a really a slog. I did not enjoy Metal Gear Solid Three at all. Um, and I had to, I had to review it for mm-hmm. X Play. And it was a nightmare. I hated it the whole time. Um, next up, Alan Wake 2. This seems to be the game that, like, at least on Sifted, a lot of people seem to be the most impressed with. Or one of the, at least hmm. one of the top three from this showcase that people were impressed with. Um, I'll say this. It does seem to have a little bit more of a serious angle to it than the, the last Alan Wake to me was almost kind of tongue-in-cheek at times. It had that a little bit. A little campy. There was a little bit of that happened kind right. of to it. Yeah. yeah. This seems more deathly serious to me, and I'm all well, about that. the marketing is. We'll see what the game right. is. Right. That's true. I mean, the marketing for the first one was pretty straight, too. Yeah. This is coming out on October 17th. Mm. So not long to wait. So all the rumors about it, you know, coming out this year, we're like, that sounds crazy. And it turns out it, it's legit. It's coming out on October 17th. Um also, this game is only... This is so weird, Matt. They're only going to release the game as a digital release hmm. to, in their words, avoid charging $70 for the game. Interesting. Like, yeah, really? It has to be digital? Otherwise, it's going to cost 70 bucks. Well, well, I mean, that's fine. Well, people have been arguing about that forever. It's like the, the digital game should cost less because you don't have the expense of the retail pipeline. Uh-huh. This kind of flies in the face of what a lot of publishers are doing where it they're feels, charging you $70 like, for the digital game. It feels like a shot. Yeah. At, Across at the bow. Sony and, and the other public. Yeah. Because, yep. man, I was at Target the, yesterday and I was looking at some of the games and there was, what was there? There was a fairly recent game there um, that was, it was, and it was 69, because I haven't looked at you know, games in a, in a retail store in forever. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it and it was sixty nine ninety nine. I'm like, why is it, is that a special version of something? Why is it good? And I finally realized, oh, right, games are $70. Yeah. Now. Like, <laughs> well, it's also bizarre to see Alan Wake be debuted at a PlayStation press conference instead of an Xbox press conference. Was it debuted? I thought we heard about this. Before. I mean, we knew about it and there's a trailer for it. Before yeah. it, to, you know, you got to choose. Well, maybe it is going to be in the Xbox one, too. That would be weird. That doesn't happen very often. You might get a gameplay demo. In the, in maybe. The... But typically, you pick and choose which one. And for it to be in the PlayStation one where, I mean, the fan base for Alan Wake, let's be honest, is with the Xbox fans. But 
I mean, I'd say the fan base for Alan Wake doesn't exist. <laughs> I mean, at this point, it's, it may it's, not. At, at most, it's with the control fans yeah. at this point, because he had that DLC. Yeah. I don't see in this trailer, though, a lot of the tenants of the first game with the whole using the flashlight no, and the light I stuff. Think, I don't think you really need any of that. Nobody really you don't think the game's going to have it? No, but there's there's Max Payne. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, he's like the Keanu head Reeves. of Remedy. Yeah. It's, he always likes to put himself in that game. What's his name? Sam Lake Sam, well, or whatever? Sam Lake. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. He, Not to be confused with Alan Wake. <laughs> Sam Lake, Alan Wake, Alan Lake. Uh, I think the game looks pretty good. Um, it, looks, it looks different. It's a flashlight thing. Yeah, but it's, it's not, you know what I mean. Yeah, but it's... The it mechanic of, like, fighting the... like More of an X-Files thing. Well, it was a mechanic. You'd use the flashlight yeah. to, like, stun the enemies, and it would let you shoot them. I don't know if that's in this. I hope not. I mean, although it kind of looks like there's some shadow things in here. Yeah, I, I bet that one shot right there at the end, maybe. That's what it is. But I don't know. Um... And people in chat, one Super Master Gamer, I hope the gameplay is not only flashlight shooting. <laughs> no, I don't I don't think it should be. Yeah. We'll see. But, um, yeah, that's Alan Wake 2, and that's also multi-platform, again, on a game that was shown that's really a third-party game that's going to come to everything. Um, and I don't think the PlayStation was intentionally misleading people. I think they're just conveniently leaving that out for people who yeah, I mean, they've always done aren't going to dig. Yep. Um, next up. Been talking a lot about Ubisoft the last couple of episodes of Game Face and Assassin's Creed Mirage. We finally got the first gameplay trailer of it. Also, a game where my hype level went up a couple notches after watching the trailer. Looks like Assassin's Creed. It looks like the OG Assassin's yeah. Creed, like first two or three games Assassin's Although it's, Creed. It's taken some lessons from the the open world game. Yeah, for it. sure. Like the combat definitely looks like it's still an adaptation of that, which is good. A little bit, but I mean, there's elements in here that were really focused on in yeah, but the, the early games. over guys and the count like that's all taken from the 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 ancient trilogy, mm-hmm. um, which is good. The the combat on that opened up a lot. But uh, I do hope that they remember that he shouldn't be able to fight 12 guys in armor. Like, you you should have to run away sometimes. I mean, that's what this looks like, though. I mean, that's what it looks like, but is it what's going to have to happen? I mean, that's how the Assassin's Creed 2 trailers ran, too. Mm -hmm. But when you play Assassin's Creed 2, you can fight everybody in all of Milan (laughs) all at once. I I hope they make the combat something that you have to be good at to survive against more than one opponent. And that you, if you're up against six guys, you'll be like, I got to go. Like, I mean, this trailer seems to intimate that it is going back to the roots, though. A lot more stealth, a lot more sneaking it is, around. But the, the trailer of Breakpoint indicated you'd have to hide. More. Right, right, right. Like, let's not forget how Ubi promotes its shit. That's it doesn't true. always reflect what the game is. Yeah. Uh, there's, they show him eavesdropping in this, throwing knives. That's yeah. all stuff that I associate more with the old Creed games versus yeah, the that new move one. there. That is pure. These, this fighting here is pure ancient trilogy stuff. Yeah. Which is good. I mean, that's this is ninth century Baghdad, by the way. Yeah, he should be good. Set. Yeah, this is a prequel to Valhalla, technically, because that's the, he's in Valhalla. Yeah, he's older in Valhalla. He's the 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 lead assassin that's helping you out in Valhalla. But this is before that. When he, but yeah, this, they show when scenes, he was a young pup. Yeah, they show scenes in this of eavesdropping, pickpocketing, stealth, mm-hmm. bribing, assassinations. The assassinations are straight great, out of. I mean, I'm just happy to be in an actual city again. Yeah, you know, like me too. I was. That's the main thing I missed from the the, the new trilogy was like. The dense urban areas, the the population, you know, the blending little, in with the yeah, crowd, a little bit of that in Valhalla, but not. It wasn't like a real focus of it, but you know, just the recreation of these ancient places that just haven't been. You know, I mean, yeah. Yeah, the, the land. You know, obviously, the ancient Egypt one was great. Like, I mean, they do a good job of the mm-hmm. sense of place in yeah. those games, but the sense of like being in a particular city that sort of like what was what the the series sort of made its name on mm-hmm. has been gone for a long time. Yeah. 
and uh, this this is nice to see again. Yep. It also shows aerial assassinations. As I said, the throwing knife. Originally put in clandestinely. Right. For the original game. Yep. Um, and there's also a new ability called the Assassin's Focus ability that allows you to kill multiple targets in a row. And that, I believe, is straight out of Splinter Cell. Didn't Splinter Cell have some crazy mechanic in it Splinter where you Cell could... something like that, uh, but more Far Cry. Far Cry. Far Cry has the ability where if you uh, if you stealth kill somebody, you can chain to up to some some games up to four other enemies. Okay, if close enough. Yeah, so uh, get, really, it's just a Ubisoft thing that they've yeah. had in a couple games that they're bringing into this, and I'm all about it. I think it's cool yeah. and a good and idea. You, you've been able to do it with like you know in other Assassin's Creed games with like you know do the thing and then throw a dagger. What's that thing right there when he goes to jump? See how there's a watch it again. There's like a ghost I think, there i think that see that white silhouette those yeah, two white I th- silhouettes I think that's what that is I that's think, the chaining attack that's the chain yeah it's showing what there's what three actually yeah there's three white silhouettes there yeah i'm sure you can upgrade it to kill more than one per- yeah. person it's it's cool man i'm excited for this game um i haven't been excited for an assassin's creed for a while because i always felt like i knew what i was getting i'm like yeah the new setting is going to make things a little yeah. different but I feel like I know what the game's going to play like. Like, I think each shot here is supposed to be him doing a different kill on each of the guys until mm-hmm. it switches to, like, what is clearly a group fight. Um, hello. <laughs> What's up, Luna? Um, I'm excited for this game. Again, my hype for it went way up. I'm glad, I am now glad it's on my fantasy team. Uh, we, they also announced the release date for the game. It is coming out on October 12th. So not a ton of time to wait. There's not a lot of risk there. I'm feeling pretty good about it making it before the end of the year. Um, but again, the proof is going to be in the pudding. We'll see if it actually delivers on all this stuff that they're promising in this trailer, because they are promising this stuff in this trailer. So mm-hmm. if they don't, you know Game Face will take their ass to task, because that's what we do. Um, but anyway, I'm really excited about Assassin's Creed Mirage. I hope you guys are too. Another game, though, that is multi-platform and coming to pretty much everything. And then here to me, Matt, this is the biggest surprise of the whole thing. Dragon's Dogma 2. We knew it was coming. They announced it a while ago. We hadn't seen any media or anything from it for a while. Yeah, it's further along than I thought it would be. Yeah, like way further along. Like, I did not expect to see this at all. This, Like, when this game popped up, I was like, what? I thought this was it. I thought it was going to do this, and that was It'd it. It'd be over, yeah. yeah and instead, was... they roll on to show a shit ton from the game. Uh, a lot of people may not even know what Dragon's Dogma is because it's been so long. Yeah. And even back when it came out, and if it was... you don't, it's a shame. Go, go pick it up for like on the next Steam sale for five bucks. Get it with the, the Dark Arisen one because like it's great. Yeah, it's this cult classic Janky action as RPG. Hell, but it's great. Yeah, I remember um, Miguel Lopez reviewed this for us at Game Trailers, and it was one of those things where every time he would come in from being at home that night to uh, playing the game, he'd come in and talk to me about it, and his. His impressions of the game changed so drastically across the days. Like he'd come in some days and be like, "God, this game is janky and weird mm-hmm. and dumb." Then he come in the next it day is. and be like, "And then he come in the next day and be like, oh my god, it's brilliant.' It like, is. <laughs> it's both of those things. It had it's what hard is, to describe. It really is. It had what was what is called the pawn system. Yeah. You think they'll bring it back for this? They add a pawn summoning stone. There, oh, I miss. So, oh, yeah. that's right. That's right. That's what it is. And that was a big feature of the original. Yeah. It kind of set it apart from other action RPGs. Um, and just had like the combat was in, it's like yes the combat is janky but it's also really weirdly satisfying it has one of the coolest magic systems in game history just because you can become your source if you play a sorcerer or a wizard or whatever you can you're summoning literal thunderstorm like you are yeah. affecting the world like it, it's you feel very very powerful 
I suspect um, that the combat will not be janky in this. That no, they will I think fix they'll it. streamline. Yeah, it'll feel. But like you could climb if you're a rogue or a warrior, you could climb up stuff and stab it in the weak. Yeah, point, and that could determine what break. A little monster hunter there too. Yeah. whatever you can break off tails and wings. and yeah. things and get like construction components from that. Um, tons of quests. It's a huge open world. You can go wherever the hell you want as long as you can survive the fights you run into. Um, tons of weirds. Like there's at nighttime, it gets pitch black, so you got to light your way all the time. Uh, it gets way more dangerous. Like that's that's one of your own meteor spells. There, you can see that. That mm -hmm. like it's the the magic effects are really cool. They really are great. Yeah, tons of weird all side real times. Like you you can miss if you if you think that games hold your hand too much. These the dragons dogma will let you miss shit all yeah. the time. Um, you got to use a guide to make sure you get all the like four tears of the, the kingdom. <laughs> like all that stuff. It's it's Medusa. Like, yeah, there's some new stuff in it. Like that's the 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 Greek stuff. There is Griffin. interesting. Yep, games looking pretty sweet. But yeah. we don't have we don't have any idea when it's coming out. <laughs> they yeah, didn't really my, announce any my of that guess stuff. Would be next year sometime. Yeah. Um, it looks pretty far along though. Yeah. Which is impressive. Um, because I think they announced it like a year and a half ago that they were working on it, and we haven't seen anything of it since. Like I think they just put out a logo for it, and that was like it. So good to see we're finally getting mm -hmm. some information on that. Um, next up, probably the second biggest surprise for me, and I think probably for most people, at least most people our age, and that is. The revival of Bungie's Marathon. The wow. crazy part about this, Matt, is I had really kind of completely forgot that Sony had bought Bungie. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. So when this popped up, I was like, at first I didn't know what it was, but then like right around here, I, I started it figuring was. it out. Well, where is it? There's a, they show one of the old enemies. Well, once I saw the Bungie thing, that was the, the tip for me. Well, this, doesn't like, look, oh. this doesn't look anything like Marathon. No. I mean, this game is nothing like Marathon. It's not Marathon. Uh, other than the name. Other than the name. Where is the four? There's a four who shows up in here. There he is. Yeah, that, that was a that's a four from Marathon, and the little logos in there. But this is a PvP like grab the bag game. Like actually, is, so they put out an interview. That's there was, a four. The thing, yeah, the, yeah. the little cloak with the logo. That was an enemy in the original Marathon. So there's an ARG in this trailer, and the fans figured it out in like 30 minutes. And so once they did that, Bungie put out a uh, a developer doc with the interviews with the developers about the game. And so they released a ton of information, and I have it all here for you guys. Um, it's a it's, this is also an extraction shooter. Yeah. So this is where you go in, you collect all your loot, you try to get and to the extraction zone. I'm out. And scene. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the goal is to leave the battlefield with loot you've acquired, rather than eliminate all the other players on the battlefield. It's set in the same universe as the original games, and it draws on their lore themes and their story. Um, there are substantial story components in this game um, that you see in other extraction, sh more, actually more story in this than you see in other extraction shooters. So they're trying to create some kind of a narrative thread yeah, that goes through the game. That's a low bar. Yeah. It is a multiplayer game as a service, no shock there. Um, and it's player versus player, team based, and it's a, you have to extract. So you go through the map, you collect a bunch of stuff, and you have to usually in these games you get to the extraction zone you have to hold off like a horde of enemies that come after you and survive and then hopefully you get into whatever the ship is that takes you off and then you can basically keep all the stuff that you collected on your run um you play as runners in this game and runners compete to retrieve mysterious artifacts implants and weapons from the hostile environments that you play uh that you play through is set on the planet tau seti 4 yeah Yep. That was a planet. That's where you were going in the original marathon. Right. Yep. Um, players are able to make a wide range of aesthetic and gameplay modifications to their runners. Um, there will be a narrative divided into seasons. Yuck. That will be it's destiny basically in that regard. That will be furthered by the actions of players in persistent gameplay zones. Mm -hmm. 
Um, they give one example where one crew is being the first to find an alien key that opens up the next zone, and then they're memorialized for the next feat in the game. So you can accomplish things as a squad in this that you then are put on like a pedestal saying they were the first people to accomplish this, which I think is kind of cool, actually. Um, and you have to figure out how to unlock the zone for other players. If you're the first team to unlock a zone, you have to then figure out how to unlock it for everybody else. Um, artifact pieces will combine into bigger and more powerful artifacts, so there's a continuous risk-reward balance in choosing to stay longer and risk one last battle or, or to try and improve your load and your haul before you get out. And that's just intrinsic to all yeah, extraction that's, games. That's, that's, that's the dark side. That's the rub yeah. of extraction games. It's like, do you that's, stay longer to try to yeah. collect more, or do you get the hell out with what you got that's already? The that's the press-your-luck aspect yeah. that kind of defines them. And to Matt's point earlier, this is nothing like what Marathon was before. No. They basically just tacked, like, the... If it wasn't for that thing there, this the four, I would never have known this was Marathon. Yeah, they just they just tacked the name and I literally, I saw Bungie, and then I saw that thing, and I'm like, Mar- is this Marathon? Yeah. Because, like, that's the only... That's a very iconic enemy type mm-hmm. from from the from that game. In the end, they are not enemies. They are brainwashed and being forced to work for Durandal. Mm-hmm. But um, I do like the art. The art, art looks cool. Like that character, the, I think art, looks art awesome. Really neat. Um, but I'll tell you, man, uh, PvP don't care. Grab the bag extraction don't care. I don't either. Uh, and honestly, uh, ever since they started removing uh, story content from Destiny. Bungie can go fuck itself. Yeah, I don't play Destiny 2 at all Neither anymore. No. That, once they did that, I was I was kind of done with them. Yep. Not okay with it. But I'll give this a chance. I won't. Maybe not a big one, but I'll I love Marathon. Give Marathon it a Marathon was my favorite thing play. I mean, I thought it was better than Doom. I thought, you know, cuz it's very story driven, very interesting, very creepy. Mm-hmm. Um those that original game on Mac in 94 was amazing. Uh, Marathon 2 is one of the most incredible. I remember downloading the demo of Marathon 2 in the door in the dorm room on a dial-up. It was 50 megs and it took all night. I slept. <laughs> I went to sleep and woke up in the morning Those and played were the it. Days. And like you and load up. By the way, if you have never heard it, load up the title screen theme from Marathon 2 that Marty O'Donnell wrote oh. and tell me that thing doesn't go way harder than it needs to. <laughs> Marathon, like it's amazing. And then Marathon Infinity is one of the most complicated multiverse alternate timeline stories ever told. Not just in a game, in yeah. anything. This is like, when Bungie was making all its games for Mac. Yeah, it was all for Mac. Mar- I think Marathon 2 is the only thing that made the, the leap out of there. Mm-hmm. It had an Xbox version and a PC version at some point. And then they were making Halo, which was supposed to take place in the same universe. And then Microsoft bought them, and Halo kind of does, kind of does. Yeah. The character you play in um, the character you play in uh, Marathon is a is wearing Mjolnir two armor, mm-hmm. and obviously Master Chief wears four, or yeah. three or four, depending on where you are in the timeline. But um, yeah, the implication is that you are one of I think seven cyborg enhanced security officers who are clearly prototypes of what would become the Spartans. Yep. Um, but I'm I've already gotten deeper into the storyline than this sh- this game probably will. Yep, so. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> uh, next up, very um, hard to play, and it's yeah. also uh, you know if you really want to get into it, Pathways into Darkness was one of the, was their first game, one of their first games, which was uh, similar, but it was only on Mac. You were exploring a temple in like the Mayan, like a Mayan ruined temple that ended up being inhabited by an alien, which is one of the original aliens that were the the pre the forerunners of um, uh, the 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 what would become the Covenant. And if you play it, it's all just done in old Mac like five Mac OS five like 
windows. Like they're all just windows. It's not. It doesn't take over the screen. It's just in little windows. It's like you're basically you're basically playing a spreadsheet. Yeah. That happens to have graphics. <laughs> it's amazing. Like the, the the early '90s were were the wild west. Yeah. As they were moving into GUIs and Windows and everything, it was. It was crazy. I remember going to the midnight lunch in Windows 95 and coming home and my friend being like, I can't believe I can see everything. It's not like Windows 3. I can just like click on stuff and it's all coherent. And I'm just like, welcome to Mac. Like, man, like, it, was, it took a few yep. years, but here we are. Are you guys starting to notice a theme yet about this entire showcase? CG trailers of, of games <laughs> that will charge you extra. Yeah. Shootery CG trailers for games as a service. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what's happening in this. Yeah. Um, and we have another one right now, and it's a game called... With really interesting aesthetics that won't actually matter to what you're playing. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, we have another one, and this is called Concord. This is from Firewalk Studios. I couldn't even figure out what the hell this was. Yeah. It's another studio that they had working, and this trailer gives up nothing, pretty no, much. No, no... You know, it, it has it, zero value. I'll tell you what it looks like. It looks like the old Atari commercials. <laughs> it does kind of, yeah. Um, this is by Firewalk Studios. It is also another game-as-a-service shooter, although they've really given very limited details on this. Uh, the sentence that they provided is reads as follows. Every time you log in is the beginning of a new adventure, and every match <laughs> is an opportunity for a new story. It's these ideals, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, look, it's, all I know is that we're apparently warping to a Saturday morning cartoon yeah. programming block. <laughs> it's these ideals that define Concord, its unique universe of vibrant worlds, and its rich cast of colorful characters. Uh-huh. But really, it's just another game-as-a-service shooter. This could be anything. Yeah. I mean, it's sci-fi. Sure, but it could still be anything. Sci-fi game as a service shooter. That's the theme of this entire press event, basically. Nobody got it. Somebody got to eat that smash burger. Yeah, like, there's limited food in space. Yeah, this game is not coming until 2024, though, so we probably won't be seeing a lot more about it for a while. But I guess they just wanted to get it into their big press event for 2023. But uh, not too excited about that one. But we don't know that much either, so we'll wait and see. Next up, a, <laughs> a game called Hell Divers 2. Um, this, if you're a fan of the boys. Or if you're a fan of Starship Troopers. Yeah, Starship Troopers is the template here. Um, there's a little bit of the boys in here, too. Eh, the tongue, like the, I mean, this the, whole the, presentation thing. You're right, though. The this, boys kind of stole some of that from Starship from Troopers. Yeah. Like this, this is pure Starship Troopers. Yeah. And, I mean, the movie, not the book. The right. Book, the book is the opposite of yeah. the movie. Um, also, if you play the first Helldivers, it's the same attitude yeah it doesn't have this kind of production value but it's that same kind of tongue-in-cheek you're out uh, raw you know kind of there's a little bit of team america world police on this too yeah like go defend freedom by murdering aliens that well it is it's really like starship troopers because you're going to these planets to mine materials and you're the you're the people who are defending the mining right. rigs while this stuff is yeah mining. You're, you're imperialists yeah and you're but you're doing it with through proper you know the propaganda you're seeing it from the point of view of the propaganda I really like the first Hell Divers yeah um, it's mindless and too long but it's fun and this looks like more of that but like with higher production values and probably better gameplay um, yeah, you can see this is a four person co op. Yeah, there's um, a little bit of Warhammer in it because you can see like every, you know the, the the Space Marines having like capes and sort of the imperialism sort of elements like remind me Warhammer, but um, which by the way is getting uh, Power Wash Simulator DLC. No, oh, that's right. <laughs> um, that's amazing. Yeah, and um, we did get some information from the developers on this, and mo- a lot of it was just talking about what we just talked about. Basically, the whole you know you're going to planets, you're trying to mine, and you're defending the mines from aliens. Yeah, and the, blah, in the blah, first blah. game, the, the variety of missions was actually pretty good, and there were actually a bunch of different aliens you could fight, and you got to choose where on the map and the galaxy you went to, and that would determine kind of who you had to deal with and stuff. And 
it changed over the seasons and like everybody who was playing affected what, what territory you held and the other aliens held and so it was really cool like mm-hmm. I'm I'm actually kind of I'm actually really interested I mean this trailer doesn't really tell you a lot but like I'm interested in whatever they're doing here yeah I think it was cool one, the first one was cool and the, the idea of a new one with like way more budget and promotion can only be a good thing I think yep uh, some of the stuff that they shared it says uh, you have a host of superpowered primary weapons and customizable loadout you also have the ability to call on stratagems during play for backup so there's this whole system in the game where mm-hmm. you can call in allies to come in and support you and I guess these allies are like awesome like yeah that was in the first game oh, okay well. I didn't play the first they're one they're basically at all. super moves oh, okay. except like with you know you could call in nukes you could call yeah. in tanks you could call in cra- it was if you got the right stuff it was it appears to be a big focus big, for this as big well big changers these seem like more of a part of it. there were things you could use like once a battle because yeah. the, the, the cooldown was so long mm-hmm. but like yeah they say as you complete missions you can upgrade your ship and build an even more impressive mm-hmm. arsenal everything from shield generators to turrets to large scale airstrikes can be used to give your team the upper hand so of so far of the games as a service this might be the most interesting one so far i think also based on the pedigree i would agree yeah it's, it's this looks really cool yep. um i mean i'm i'm purely speaking on how much i enjoyed the first one and this is I'm, coming still coming from 505 games yeah, and we'll have to see like kind of how it how it plays out because like one of the things about the first one is that it does have a charm because it's so small and kind of scrappy mm-hmm. that like it's like oh it's trying to do all these things but it's kind of doing it kind of like um the ascent yeah, that cyberpunk game mm-hmm. where it was like obviously it was not on the level of what cyberpunk 2077 was attempting but yeah. it was nailing what it was doing so well i mean that's kind of 505 games in a nutshell yeah like if there's any publisher that still publishes like b level games not triple a but like double a mm-hmm. it's 505 yeah and this seems to be right up that yep, alley exactly so i think it's looking pretty cool again that is hell divers 2 and i've been confusing that game with this next game which is Ghost Runner 2. Mm. <laughs> it's a, this is more of a traditional like single-player game, though. Um, set one year after the last game. Blood will run in his post-apocalyptic cyberpunk future. This is like a first-person parkour. Yeah, the first game was like that. Yeah. but the, Very, the big new ad- very, very hard. I guess the big new addition here is supposed to be the motorcycle. Yeah. I don't know if the actual... This is all CG, obviously. Like, I don't know if you're actually going to be able to ride down the side of skyscrapers in the game. I kind of doubt it. I mean, it probably... Like, the, the game... The first game was very linear. Uh-huh. And the main challenge was, like, you had to fight all these things and do all this stuff. And basically, one hit killed you. Uh-huh. Um, it was It was like a roguelike, except you had to be perfect. This is a little um, bit like a the combat in this is a little Star Warsy. You got your force pushes and your stuff like that. Um, yeah, he's magic. Uh, and then some more information they gave us: the player has the power to shape the future of humanity and take on the violent cyber ninja AI cult. <laughs> the violent cyber ninja AI cult. Who among us? That has taken shape outside of Dharma Tower, making for a truly epic and unforgettable experience. So. Well, yeah. It's funny because when I was, well, I didn't realize what it was at first, and I'm just like, this looks like every cyberpunk thing ever, and that's kind of what Ghost Runner's going for. It has sort of more of an '80s aesthetic to it in terms of the cyberpunk design. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it's cool, but like the first, I played the first one, and it was it just got it got too hard to be fun, pretty fast. Yeah. Um, if I had nothing else to play and was like you know had the time to like focus on just being good at that it would be like like it's a good like streamer game Mm -hmm. i think because you can play it over and over again and and make progress and do speed runs and stuff Mm -hmm. but it's not really for me yeah i never played i didn't play it either so these are two franchises that i have yet to uh, dip my toe into and then the final big game music's great 
Yeah. Music in the first one was really good. Yeah. And then the final big game, I totally screwed up, and I don't have B-roll for it, and that's on me, but this is a lot for one person to get ready for a freaking show. <laughs> Usually four or five people are doing something like this, but it was just me. Um, Phantom Blade Zero, mm. which is this really, really cool, like, samurai not slash... Not samurai. Chinese. It is Chinese, but they look like samurai. They are not samurai. They, they may are. not be. They look like samurai. I don't think they do. They wear the same hats, the helmets. I, mean, I wish I had the trailer here, but yeah, because because there's a lot of cool stuff in the trailer. The problem with the trailers is all CG. It's not real. Anything. Oh, that's not real. I think that's all Target stuff. Yeah, I don't think that's any. It looks real gamey to me. Like the one scene where they're fighting on the stagecoach. Do you think that's faked? Yes, I don't I, think it looks so. It didn't look bad, but it looks, no, it looks real great. time. No, it doesn't look like real time to me. Really? No. To me, almost all that stuff did. No, that that was all. That was so clearly a Target thing like a, a, and by the way the archive will have this trailer rolling for you guys you'll be able to yeah, see it, it unfortunately no. for the live show we won't it have. looks really cool it, it's it's absolutely ch- very chinese it's 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 wuja it's one of the some of the best recreation of wuja like martial arts stuff i've ever seen i don't know if that will translate but if it's to, fake then it doesn't matter right exactly so i'm hoping that the gameplay reflects what they showed in that thing but i think most of that was just scripted cg and the plot of it is you have 66 days to live mm-hmm. and you have to get vengeance on someone they don't really explain who it is with before you die no. in your 66th day um the uh, the bad guy kind of narrates the whole thing or at least his minion does saying like we you know Leave him alone. He only has sixty six days to live. Like mm-hmm. he's gonna die on his own, regardless. Let's just stay. Well, away. this is like also it's like supposed to be a triple A ex- expansion of a mobile game that already exists. Right. And like I that makes me nervous. Here's well, here's the thing. Like this looked the, of, of other than Spider Man, this was probably the thing that looked the coolest to me. Mm-hmm. I don't one hundred percent believe this game will ever exist. It may not because here's what here's what happens, Matt. We see these crazy games from China or Korea, and they look amazing, but then they never come out. Yep. They I just disappear. I think this is another one of those. Things. Like, what's the one something Wukong, black something Wukong? Like, oh, where the hell's that oh, game? Wukong or Wolong or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Is that. Where are? Yeah. Where is it at? Same we checked with, it out the first time with, like two years that, ago. What was that Pokemon? Did that ever happen? You remember that Pokemon? It was like, what if Pokemon was a next gen game? Kind oh of yeah. That? Yeah. What happened to that? <laughs> it, you're right out. though. Like a lot of these games from Korea or China, like we never they never come out. They're like these. I think you're right. I think they're all just faked. And then they go back and they're like, okay, let's try to make the game now that people seem to like it. And they just, it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's really weird. Um, but they're really good at creating CG. Yeah. Um, I mean, this looks very much like something I'd like to try to play. It looks like it's right up your alley. But, like, I do not fully believe that it's going to exist. Yeah, we'll see. But again. Somebody, oh, somebody in the same, tem- it's not Temtem. It's, it was something else. Yeah. Doka V. Doka V. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's it. Vincent got it. Yeah. Delayed to 2024. And it'll there be delayed go. to 2025. <laughs> we'll Vincent's saying he's a real developer, at least. I mean, we'll these see. guys are real developers. They made the mobile game. Yeah. But I don't really believe this game's going to exist. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, that game's called Phantom Blade Zero. My guess is you won't see that. If you do see it at all, it won't be for like three years. Yeah. It feels like that's in there because they made a really cool CG trailer. And, and yeah. Sony's like, oh, that's good. That's Some of that stuff that. did look real to me, though. And maybe they're just so good at faking it now that they're like, we know what to do to make I mean, it look, it look like... a lot. Most of it looked like something you could do on the PS5, yeah. but like, I don't think any of that was actual any kind of gameplay. It was all scripted. All faked. Interesting. Okay. Uh, but anyway, Phantom Blade Zero, maybe a while till we see more on that one. Or maybe never. <laughs> like, I can definitely envision how gameplay would work in a lot of those things, but I don't think any of that was real. Okay. At all. Okay. Now we're going to shift gears and start talking about some of the smaller indie stuff that was in this. And I think this is, this is one area of this showcase that people are selling it short um every presentation press conference showcase whatever has indie games in it 
the indie games in this one were some big freaking hitters like yeah. sequels from games that were great like for example one of them is a spiritual successor to my adventure game of the year from one year so i know it's very easy to be like oh another indie game oh another indie game but these games Most in of this, the indie games in this were things i'm interested in which is unusual uh, me too and it's really unusual for me i am not indie game guy at all you guys know that um the first one we're going to talk about is a game called sword of the sea and if you are a fan of Journey and you have been waiting for a sequel to Journey, well, here this is it is. This Abzu 2, Tony Hawk's Journey. This is as close as you are going to get to a sequel to Journey. Now, it's not made by the same studio that made Journey. It's made by one of the same people. It's made by the art director who created yeah. the style of and Journey. Did, did Abzu and yep. uh, the Pathless. Pathless, Giant Squid. Yep. Well, it oh, goes right on time. <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean, um, I'll do anything that this company makes. I'll try, I'll try anything that this, because Abzu and Pathless are great. Now, it does look kind of like a shameless ripoff of Journey, but I, that's okay. Like, yeah, I didn't have a hoverboard in Journey. Yeah. I mean, you didn't need one because you just skated along on your feet, basically. Right. But Journey, I mean, Journey is basically, I mean, that shot's right out of Journey. Yeah. It's but literally like, like a one for one. But also, rip. Journey is also just drawing on, you know, decades of, mm -hmm. you know, fantasy and sci fi novel covers. And, yeah. Uh, at no point in Journey do you do a half pipe. No. So. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the traversal in this is more of a focus, it appears. Yeah. And there, there's your Abzu. There's some dolphins in yeah. there. Okay. It's all in there. I um, mean, this is the kind of weird-ass fantasy, like, sci-fi shit that I'm, I'm into. I, you know, giant monsters flying through the air. Cool. Yeah. Weird alien stuff. I'm into it. Yeah. Um, next up, we're not going to spend a ton of time on these because they are indies, and we know that your interest isn't quite what it is in the big stuff. Next up, the Talos Principle 2. Yeah. This, we... <laughs> We had created a game page for this back when Sifted launched in, like, 2016. That's yeah, a long time in coming. It had been announced back in 2016, and we just now got the first trailer for it, Matt. That is crazy. You can't rush these things. Seven so years for the trailer for the Talos Principle 2. Did you like the first one? I did. I mean, it's a brilliant game. I like the first one a lot. Yeah, the first one's like, it's in one a, of those a, games that you play and you're like, you know what? Whoever made this is smarter than I am. In a, ju <laughs> in a just world, the Talos Principle would have the reputation The Witness does. Agreed. Yep. Yeah. Or Portal or something like that. Like, it should yeah. be mentioned in, along with those same games. Um, this looks very much in line with the also, first those, one. Those cats are as good as uh, anything in Stray. That's true. Those yeah. are very good cats. Yeah. Just, I love the juxtaposition in this of nature with this society where human beings have basically been eliminated and they're trying to make robots sentient. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's the whole rub of the Talos Principle. So um, if you played the first game, then you know what you're in store for with this one. Uh, some seriously awesome adventure puzzling. Um, I'm a big fan of the first one. I think anyone who's played it probably is. Yeah. Uh, so if you haven't, it's like three bucks on every Steam sale. So check it, it yeah, out. It's been like a dollar or two dollars yeah. many times over. So um, they're saying that that is coming before the end of the year. I'll believe it when I see it. Since it took seven years to put out the first trailer. Um, but they're saying that it will come out before the end of the year. I don't know. All right. Yep. I mean, uh, I'd rather you not you wait until it's time to talk about release. Yeah. I mean, sure. Yeah. Uh, next up, a game called, I don't know if it's pronounced Neva or Neva, but it's from the same studio. I think it's pronounced like Michael King. Neva. Neva. <laughs> it's, it's from the same studio. Same studio. It's from the same studio that created Grease. Mm. G-R-I-S. Well, there it is, right on credit Q. Yeah. And that game looked great in trailers, and then I played it, and I was. it was supposed to be like a... 
a tour through grief, basically. Yeah, it's a platformer. I mean, I kind of got that vibe from it, but I thought the game itself wasn't that great. I liked it. I, I finished that game in one sitting. Yeah, it wasn't that long. It wasn't that long. My guess is this won't this one won't be either. But like this, I mean, this is a very sad trailer. I thought <laughs> this was very effective. It's like mo- a lot of indie games. You watch it, the trailer, and you're like, oh, that game's gonna make me cry. And in this tra- this game, in this trailer, was like, no, we're gonna make you cry watching the trailer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like it's some just- strong Mononoke vibes. Yeah. Too. It's awful. So this is actually, I believe, the beginning of the opening cinematic for the game. Probably. Because this, the plot of the game you is... And the, you and the cub. You, yeah. and, you and the cub, yeah. So the mom dies, obviously, as they spoil in the trailer. Don't get at us for spoiling it because they show it right in the trailer. The mom dies, as you can see. And then... A very up, sad piano plays. Yeah, and up comes the cub. You, you snuggle with the cub, and off you go on your adventure. Um but yeah, so if you don't like games that make you uh, that tug on your heartstrings, this probably isn't going to be the game for you. Um, but I'm pretty excited for it, even if it ends up being three or four hours. And even if I didn't like Grease all that much, um, the aesthetics of this—I love their art style too that they use in all their yeah. games. It looks very much like Grease as well. Uh, but definitely one to keep an eye on. Again, the game is called Neva or Neva. They don't say it, so it's hard to figure out exactly which one it is. Uh, next up, the most puzzling game from this entire showcase. From Square Enix, a game called Foam Stars. And basically... Finally it's someone cloned Splatoon. Pretty much. Basically. Yeah. Although I'll say this, Matt. This game looks like ass. <laughs> like, the, <laughs> like, this is all CG. The in-game visuals you'll see in a second, it looks awful. But, mechanic-wise, it actually is quite a step up from Splatoon. Yeah. So, instead of spraying ink... I'm honestly surprised it took somebody this long yeah. to do something. Well, like I'm this. not that surprised, because it's a pain in the ass to do stuff like this, man. Mm-hmm. To be able to coat, like, the entire surface with stuff, like... And in this one, instead of spraying ink all over well, I'm everything... I'm not saying... I'm surprised, I'm surprised somebody didn't try it and it turned out terribly. Oh, like, just you know, didn't try it, it at all. It just seems like something that, like, Yubi or... AEA would try to crap out real fast and it just wouldn't work. My guess is concepts like this have been mocked up many times and then they went yeah. and actually tried to produce like, oh, it and they were like, oh, F that. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not going to happen. That's actually why Prince of Persia has taken so long. <laughs> that's what it's going to be now. <laughs> but this it's one, instead of shooting of ink, you shoot foam. And But the cool kind of the cool thing about it is the foam that you shoot actually has like volume to it. So you can use mm. it as cover. You can surf on it with a surfboard. Some somebody somebody at Square has a fetish. And here's the actual I'm game. Saying. Here's what the game actually looks like. That which... looks a lot more like Splatoon. Now. <laughs> well, it also looks a lot a lot more like ass. <laughs> I mean, it looks fine. It, it's cartoony and weird and kind of about what it deserves. This looks like one of those things that if they that if, I, like if I were the CEO of Square Enix and they came into the boardroom and showed me this, I would kill it immediately. <laughs> Like, I, mean, I don't know. Nobody. There is no competition for Splatoon. Yeah. Like that. It, it, I mean, it looks fine. It doesn't. It doesn't look bad. It just looks fine. And like, if it caught on right, there's nothing else like Splatoon on any other no. platform. Yeah. Like, so if I was. I mean, I would be like, all right, this is how you made it look. Okay, but it is still an opportunity yeah. to corner a market that is not served on anywhere but the Switch. Yeah. The question is kind of like. Is there a market, market for anywhere, it anywhere but the Switch? The Switch. Right. <laughs> I don't know that there and is. Somebody, somebody had to be the first Penguin on that one. You also have to so. remember that Splatoon came out initially for a platform where there was like no great games. Yeah, and so people would often play things that maybe normally they may pass on. There's also and the that quest- built the audience. There's for also Splatoon. the question of like. I guess we're going to find out exactly how much of Splatoon's appeal comes in its character design and weirdness as opposed to your sort of the generic mechanic. anime. Or the mechanic. 
The mecha- yeah. Is it the mechanic? Because that's what sells me on Splatoon. Well, the, the fan base seems to very much be about the aesthetic. No, I agree. The characters. Yeah, they love and those characters, and I think they're weird. And <laughs> like, I, these, char- these characters in this look completely stock. Yeah, they're just like, humans. Very generic anime characters. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you could could be in any school. I mean, yeah. honestly, you want to know what would make this game sell? Replace all those nobodies with square characters. Yeah, you're right. Like, if that was Cloud versus Chrono... <laughs> Through shooting the roof. foam at each other through the roof <laughs> cloud cloud and leon and and squall fucking shooting foam at each other oh my god yeah you you'd, it would be the biggest hit on tumblr in the history of everything yeah yeah there you go it's like how i keep saying about if bioware needs to stay afloat just make like a mobile dating game with all the characters from all their games no actual rp just just all dating game with all the main characters from all the bioware games and just charge to be able to date like higher more demanded like Iron Bull, Garrus, Tali, like you gotta pay for them, like game as a service, like microtransactions. That'll keep you alive for four years. Yeah. Guarantee you. Yep. you. There's an underserved demo there. Uh, next up, I'm not a big fan of survival games. In fact, typically I hate them. But this one looks kind of cool. It's a game called Towers of, and I know I'm gonna pr- mispronounce this, as Gazba. I think it's how you pronounce it. They probably should change the name because it's really hard to spell and hard to read. Um, it's a survival game where you must rebuild your village and restore nature to the locations around your village. Um, and the, the thing that's different about this is you have to balance building your society with ecology. So you have to make sure that whatever you're building with your village is not infringing on the local wildlife or the local, the local ecology, which is something that I have not seen in a game like this before. Yeah, that's a, that's a new idea outside of certain city builders, but that's obviously not the same thing. Yeah, I mean, there's city builders who are like, don't dump your sewage into the river. Right. <laughs> don't build a giant sewage pool next to the city that then overflows. Right. You have to, when you try to delete it, it drops all the sewage on the city. That, that's bad planning. Yeah. I think it's a little more nuanced than this. And wow, look at the visuals. And it's really crazy, yeah. Matt, the performance that even small studios are getting out of the hardware at this point. Like, yeah. this game looks amazing. It makes me sad that it's, I'm probably going to hate playing this. Yeah, because I don't like it either, man. I don't like man. survival and building. And world building like, stuff. Yeah. I don't like it either. But everything else about this, I love. Looks it's really a little cool, bit, of, it's got a little bit of Souls stuff for me. Little it's, Souls, little Zelda. Yeah. Man, I, you imagine if Zelda looked like this? I know. And this is an indie game, Matt. Yeah. This is an indie game. <laughs> And we're begging, like, please, can Zelda look that good? It's bizarre. Um, but anyway, again, because you will never remember the name of that game. It is called Towers of As... I can't even pronounce it. What is it? Towers of Asbazba. Asbazba. Sure. <laughs> they really need to change the name of that. Um, but anyway, that's also multi-platform. In fact, almost all this stuff is multi-platform, by the way. I should bring that up. Uh, next up, a game called Revenant Hill. This is what I was talking about earlier. This is kind of the spiritual successor um, to my adventure game of the year. It's created by Finji, or it's published by Finji. It's developed by a studio called The Glory Society. Oh, this is the these are the people that made Night in the Woods. Right, yeah. And it's their new game. And ba- it's a crazy game. You play as a cat who's trying to survive in the 1920s. That's the game. So say we all. <laughs> But, you know, there's witch trials. They're like, you know, it's... In the 1920s? Well, were there not? No, not in the 1920s. I mean, in the 20s, like, religious fundamentalism was still pretty scary, man. There were no witch trials in the 1920s. No, no, no. I mean, those were, what, the 1700s? Something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you play as a cat, just like Night in the Woods. The cat was a big part of that game as well. And you're just trying to survive. You're a stray. Um, and I mean, it's, it's living skeletons in this, so clearly it's not our world. Right. So. Yeah. 
but an interesting premise nevertheless. And uh, Night in the Woods, again, was my adventure game of the year, the year that it came out. So this studio has a pretty good pedigree, and I'm pretty excited for it. Next up, another Metroidvania, if you're not sick of those yet. It's a game called Altros. This is a Metroidvania. It has like a cool, like stained glass look to it. Yeah, I like the look. I don't know if I need to play more Metroidvania. Yeah, I'm really point. burnt out on them, man. Remember, remember the one that nobody made any for like. I 15 know we were years? begging for them, and now it's like now the it's indie like, All right, all right, hang on. <laughs> I've had enough pizza. Thank you. Yeah, the art style in this though. It's gorgeous. It really is cool, man. They call it like a psychedelic art style, but I think it looks more like almost like marker art or like stained it looks, glass. It, look, maybe? it looks like the blacklight posters. Oh, yeah. used to have. That's a good way to put it, dorms. actually. Yeah. Yep, the hippie posters that people yeah. would have in their dorm rooms back in college. Uh, but I'm with you, Matt. Like, I'm just kind of over Metroidvanias at this point. I just, there's just so yeah, many of it's them like now. It's really going to depend on how I feel that week. Yeah. Really. Yeah. <laughs> or what else comes out yeah. that week. Yeah. Or if another Metroidvania had come out in the last three or four months. Like, I've yeah. played a few of them just in the last three months. And so, right now I'm on OD. Maybe two months from now I'll look at this game a little bit differently. But... Um, it is unique, and it does look different than any other Metroidvania that I've seen, anyway. Yeah. Although, so what's the the one that's set in Mexico? Oh, Guacamole. Yeah. Looks a little bit like that. A little bit. I that's the closest analog. I think it looks more like the Black Light Stoner poster. Oh, definitely. But I'm trying to find another game to compare it to. That's about as close as I can get, because that's also a Metroidvania. Yeah. It's just, I mean, Guacamole has a similar kind of vibrant look, but it's, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, even nine days of shadow, nine years of shadows, kind of has a little bit of that to it. Yeah. Yep. Um, I mean, it's nice to see color once in a while, <laughs> especially in the. All, I don't know why all the shooters have to be gray, and all the Metroidvanias took all the color. Well, that was the thing about Phantom Blade Zero. That whole game was gray, black, yeah. and white. Yeah, that's the other thing I would say about that is like, hey, put a little color put in a there, little blue or something, and <laughs> greens, anything. It really like, was oppressive for sure. Um, and now we're going to talk about the PlayStation VR two stuff. Now, as we said when we started discussing this showcase, if PlayStation we're VR two, we're not going to talk about Cat Quest, Pirates no. of the Caribbean. <laughs> Although that is a great title. No, we're not talking right. about it. <laughs> Your loss. Yeah. <laughs> now we're gonna talk about PlayStation VR two. Six hundred thousand units outselling PlayStation VR one. You think there's gonna be a big focus? Nope. There were four games total that they showed. First, I showed Arizona Sunshine two. Arizona Sunshine is probably the best selling VR shooter of all time, and it's this weird turrety like shooter for VR where you shoot mm -hmm. zombies as they slowly walk towards you. It's either that or that Eve spinoff. Yeah. I can't remember the name of that. Like, I don't remember either. In 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 something in i don't remember you know what i'm talking about. i know what you're though. talking yeah. about but i don't remember the name of it that was all. like one of the earliest ones and everybody bought that yeah everybody but um, but I, arizona I, sunshine sold in the millions I mean, it's, it's available for because like that game it, they were like that was some of the earliest games like i, I didn't i never got it because it was like full price at the time but it was one of those first like real games you could get for like an early vibe where it wasn't or, just like a mini game collection yeah. or whatever yeah it was something built from the ground up for it that was one of the games they showed. They also showed, finally, the PlayStation VR 2 version of Beat Saber. And that's a lie. That, that launched yesterday. Mm -hmm. And it launched alongside a new music pack from Queen. Um, so if you own Beat Saber for some other platform, there's a new Queen pack out there for everybody. Um, but also it's available now for PSVR 2. And then they showed two of their exclusives. The first of which was Crossfire Sierra Squad. Looks pretty good. But a lot of this stuff looked pretty good for PlayStation VR 1. Mm -hmm. And then you actually played it, and it didn't look as good, and it didn't play all that well. Yeah, also, I, I sure as hell don't care about shooters anymore. I, it just I, feels like every first-party PlayStation VR game from PlayStation is this. Yeah. 
It's some militaristic shooter that's just faceless, nameless, like... They did try to make a Medal of Honor VR yeah. game. That like did not could, do well. You could at least put me in... I mean, they got Vic, Vince to do that. Mm -hmm. like that, was, that was, they pulled out the big guns on that one, but it didn't and it work. it flopped and failed, yep. I just don't understand why, like... I don't know. Give me an interesting location to go to. Like, I don't care about running through rundown buildings. Yeah. Like, the one, the one shooter thing I was interested in was that one where you got... It came with a gun... Back in the you know back in the old PSVR, something point, you know what I'm talking about? Yep, it was hard po hard point or something. Yeah, hard, that yeah, was something like that. Yeah, but like that was like that a weird sort of alien planet. Or something. It had the, is that the one that had the gun yeah. peripheral? Yeah, I have that somewhere. But yeah. like it, it was like shatter point. I don't know. Yeah, what it was exactly. <laughs> but like uh, they have a. It should tell you something. But like um, it was a different world. It was another place. You know, it's another place. That was like one of the interesting things about it. it. Was like it was an alien world. Like this is just crossfire. You know, yep. Stop trying to make crossfire happen in the West. Like, it's not going to happen. Cares. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Next up, a game called Synapse. Another, Another shooter <laughs> with a weird shaky gun in one hand. I thought this was Hitman. It looks first. like it. Yeah. I will say that was it. The, the most interesting thing about this is that David Hayter is the bad guy. Yeah. Because so, he sounds just like an angry version of Snake. Yep. Crossfire. I don't think they announced a release date for it. This is coming July 4th. Um, so not long to wait for this one, but it's another first-person shooter, and it seems like that's what, you know, Sony seems to focus on with its first-party games for PlayStation VR. Where was um, Half-Life Alex? Like, why haven't they signed that deal yet, Matt? I don't think... Why would I, I don't think that's coming, though. It doesn't... I don't either. After this, I don't think it's coming. Why not? It's like if Valve is like, oh, it's going to cost a lot of money, then give them the money. If your yeah. VR HMD took off as you're saying it is, invest in it. Put the money into it. Like, at least this has a little bit of, like, a sci-fi angle. It's got, like, telekinesis in it. It's more interesting, at least, in Crossfire. Um, yeah, this at least has, like, a, uh, a psyops. A style to, to it. it. Like, something yeah. else to it other than just shooting guns at people. It looks so, a little... I mean, it reminds me a little bit of uh, Super Hot. Yeah. But of any of these games that you've seen, are you going to play them on your PlayStation VR 2, Matt? I mean, this one looks interesting. I just... You know, it's more like you're showing me this, and I'm like, would I actually set the PSVR up for this? Probably not. Even with P VR2, is so easy. It's, yeah, I mean, setting it up is like just plugging in a cable, really. Setting it up for me is moving the couch. All right. Yeah, that's you true. Know, it's, yeah. It, do I need to move furniture to play this? No. Yeah. Like Half Life Alex might get me. <laughs> I would do, do it for that. Sure. Yeah, but or something really cool. Like to me, that's what it. it there's no killer app. There's still no killer app. Horizon's a cool game. It's not a killer app. Half-Life Alex could be a killer app. Yeah. It really could be. So do it. What are you doing? Like, you could have announced it here with a trailer, just using footage of the PC version of it, my guess and then is, get to work on it. My like, guess is that maybe Valve doesn't want to do it. Won't keep it to themselves. Maybe. But it hasn't really worked for Valve either. No, but it's not going to work for them if you can play it somewhere else either. Yeah. It'd know. be one thing if Valve had kind of already achieved their goal with it, but it doesn't sound like they did. Yeah. And that's it. Those are all the games that were shown. That was a lot. Like, it took us well, almost already, two hours to go through all that stuff. They also showed Resident Evil 4. Yeah, the VR know, mode of Resident Evil 4. That could be something. I don't, yeah. Again, I don't know if I'd move the couch for that, but it'd yeah. be interesting. And you could play, by the way, the whole RE4 remake in first person. It, you play the whole thing in first person, and it's the whole game. It's not just, like, a little section mm. of the game or whatever. It's the whole thing when it's done anyway, it will be. So, um yeah, I didn't include that for obvious reasons, because we've already talked about Resident Evil 4 to death. But yeah, generally, though, like, what I saw here isn't expiring for VR2, 
No. I mean, obviously, none of this would have been decided based on the sales of the launch or anything. Yeah. But, like, you get, you still wonder if we'll ever see it again. I don't yeah. know. Uh, so, anyway, that was a lot of games, people. And, again, I cut a ton out. Um, stuff that was, like, obvious. Like, that uh, first-person magic casting game from EA was in there. That yeah. game's looking awesome. Every time I see it, I get more excited uh, by it. Oh, I don't like what I see in that game. Really? I thought I mean, you I, would. I like what I see aesthetically. I think the art design is really cool. It just looks such a generic shooter with, like... It looks insane. It. it looks boring. I feel me. like in the trailers, their testers are playing it, and it looks crazy. I feel like when I actually would go to play it, it would look like a different game. Kind That's of like, possible. I, kind my, of like the recent Doom games. Yeah, my thing is, that game should not be first person. Like, the fact that it's it's all this How stuff. else would you do it, though? It's that frenetic. Because it's just like, bam, bam, fly, shoot, bam, bam. Like I'd figure it out, because the fact that you can't see your character in that game is a problem. So you think it'll be the same thing for Avowed? Uh, no, because Avowed is not going to be doing that kind of crazy acrobatic, like, all that shit. It's going to be a Skyrim game. Uh, I do wonder if that game might eat Avowed's lunch a little bit. They are different genres, but... No. For one thing, Avowed's going to be years after right. this game. Right, so forget about matter. this game by the time Avowed comes this out. This is not an RPG. It's not a. Yeah. It's not anything like that. It's just a big flashy... It's a shooter. It's yeah. a big flashy... Frankly, it looks like Bulletstorm more than anything else to me. Well, it's made by former COD developers. So it, to yeah. me, it's like Magic COD. Right, I yeah. see that. It's just, But that's also why I'm not particularly interested because it's not doing anything with the magic that's any different than what you do with guns right now. Mm -hmm. Like I can see, like, okay, that's like a grenade and this is like... Calling in an airstrike. And well, there's like, like binding and stuff. There's yeah, I, that's like a flashbang. You just incapacitate somebody, except it's like a glowing yellow thing now. I, I, just, I can see the strings too much on that game. It, and it looks too much like a standard shooter that's just got a, like been hosed down in magic juice. I don't see anything interesting in terms of game mechanic ideas that isn't already done in other shooters. That's my issue with it. I just can't think of another magic casting game like that. Well, I can't. I can think of other shooters like that because I, the trappings of it being a magic game doesn't matter to me if all I'm doing is playing another first-person shooter, and that's what that looks like to me. I had a similar problem with Hexen back in the day. Mm. It's like this is just Doom, but like worse. Yeah. Like, so I don't know. Like maybe I'll feel different when I get my actual hands on it. But like what I've seen in those trailers looks gorgeous, beautiful, like visually amazing. But I don't see any gameplay in there that makes me want to play it. Okay, I'm excited for it. I think it looks cool. Um, and then some, a couple things before we give our letter grades for it. Uh, a couple things were missing. No Silent Hill 2. I really thought that was going to be there, and I'll be, I'll be honest with you, Matt. It makes me very nervous that it was not there. It makes me wonder, Bloober Team, there's something going on with this that they weren't, didn't want to no, show it. I think it's just in, I think it's in the Summer Games Festival. Hmm. See, so that Konami was like, we'll give that to Jeff. You get Metal Gear for that, and we'll give Jeff Silent Hill. Okay. I'm a little nervous that it wasn't shown. I hope you're right. I'm not, not at all. Um, I think this, I think this went to Summer Games. I think Metal Gear went to Sony because Kojima wouldn't want to be in the same show as the Metal Gear thing. Mm -hmm. so, so so Kojima shows Death Stranding two at Jeff's thing, and then their Konami thing is Silent Hill, which Kojima doesn't care about sharing a stage with, yeah. even like theoretically. And then another big omission was... I think it's all political. ...was the Naughty Dog multiplayer game. Yeah, I don't know where that is. Um, maybe that's also Summer Games. Um, weird to leave it out of your own presentation. Yeah. Like, no, that's that's the one thing I was expecting that didn't show up that I was like, hmm, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I don't care that much. because Yeah, I, I'm not all that excited for it, no. but I just really assumed it would be. I it. really thought it was time. Of all the that. games as a service that PlayStation's right. talked about, I thought that would for sure be the one that would, would think, be there yeah. instead of all the other ones. Um, yeah, I don't know. I but don't, there I don't were know so many games as a service in this thing. Like, 
I'll say this, Sony definitely put his money where his mouth was. He was saying, we're, this is our focus, this is our thrust, and boy, they weren't kidding. Yeah. Like, your mileage is going to vary on this good, for sure. Good luck. Yeah. It'll I mean, be, a lot of that looks like stuff that's just going to come out and disappear. How can you expect, like, your fan base to support all of it? I don't think they do. I think they're just shotgun affecting They're just hoping that, they're like, a hoping part, for, piece of them out, goes here, yeah, a piece of them goes there. They're th no, they're just throwing everything at the wall and hoping one of them's a breakout hit. Because all you need really is two or three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you're in the money mm -hmm. for a long time. So they're, I think they're just shotgunning this. Yeah. They're just going to throw nine of these things out and hope that one or two of them become, you know, critical ma critical mass. Basically. Yep. Okay. It's time to give a letter and grade. all the developers can wonder what happens to them if they're not one of those two. <laughs> it's time to give a letter grade um, for the showcase. A quick recap again of all the stuff that was shown here because it's very easy for it to get lost. I'm lost in my nose right now, by the way. Um, because there was so much, but there was the new Q light handheld in the earbuds, Fair Games, Spider-Man 2, Metal Gear Solid 3, Metal Gear Solid 1 Master Collection, Alan Wake 2, Assassin's Creed Mirage, Dragon's Dogma 2, The Talos Principle 2, Neva, Phone Stars, Towers of whatever the hell that word is, Revenant Hill, Altros, all the PlayStation VR 2 stuff, um, Marathon, Concord, Helldivers 2, Immortals of Avium, Ghost Runner 2, um, Sword of the Sea, all the VR stuff. Mm -hmm. It's pretty impressive, I think. What's your letter grade? I'm going to give it a B minus. Uh, if Spider-Man hadn't been there, it would be a C. Okay. Spider-Man definitely bumped it up because it looks oh, amazing. Huge. But that's what this is all about. I mean, that's what these are for, for games like Spider-Man. I'm going to give it a B flat. Um, another big omission, really, Matt, in general, was just big PlayStation IP. I mean, there just wasn't a lot of it, but they've already kind of run through it all. It's like, what are we even asking for at this point? What are we hoping for? Well, like, there's nothing. Are we hoping for a new Sly Cooper game or a new well, like? I mean, it could be a number of things, but like, none of it would be out until uh, this time next year, right? So why would they show it now? Yeah, it's like, I mean, there were people online who were uh, upset that they didn't show GTA Six, and there were probably people that thought <laughs> they meant. I mean, those were probably people that thought they meant fiscal year this yeah, year, by next could March. Because there is confusion. I went back and looked, and a lot of people do think it's coming before March of yeah, next well, year. That's wrong. Yeah, it's it's fiscal year 2025, which yeah. is next year from right. to the following year. But a lot of people are confused. So, so you're you, right. If you're expecting that to be out in March, yeah, maybe you would expect them to show it in this. But maybe like, me, I would if I had that on deck for next March. But yep. like they don't, so it's not it doesn't make any sense. Are people expecting them to show Wolverine? Which like no, you're not going to show Insomniac next game yeah, before their makes current no sense game at all. Out. Final Fantasy VII Remake. No, you're not going to show that in the same thing with Final Fantasy XVI, which we forgot to mention was in there, too. Yeah. Um, but I, I, Again, I cut a lot of stuff out so, of it. I mean, it's so close to release. We've seen all those. They have their own showcase. There's not really anything to, to talk about there anymore other than just, like, fucking give it to me at this point. Yeah. Um, but, like, uh, yeah, a bunch of the stuff people were hoping for is just doesn't make any sense. I mean, or, like, things that you just sort of out of nowhere. It's like, yes, I'd like to see a new Wipeout, sure, but I'd also like to see a new Colony Wars. As long as we're talking about mm -hmm. things that don't exist, like, why not? But, I mean, even you think about Wipeout, like, Wipeout's, the value of Wipeout is so low. Of course. Like, it became, like, an indie game. Like, was it during the PS3 era? Well, the, 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 the dirty secret of Wipeout is the reason Wipeout was awesome was it highlighted a bunch of electronic music that you otherwise barely heard over here. Mm -hmm. out, or even necessarily outside of the clubs in, in yeah. Europe like yeah, the soundtrack was amazing like the soundtrack was that was those games yeah like that was the whole point yeah and like that doesn't really exist anymore yeah um, yeah. Unless you want to do a remake and then you wanted to pay exorbitant amounts of money. That's the other thing is you could license that music for nothing back yeah. then. You want to talk about how much it costs to get the fucking Chemical Brothers in there oh, now? Come on. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't be able to do Wipeout Excel's soundtrack today. But it's like even thinking back to like prior PlayStation consoles like 
a lot of those other IPs that they could have shown, like, they're not going to move the needle. Like, what's the one, like, Firehawk, the one shooter that they put out for PlayStation 3? Like, when they really started digging into the catalog. Oh, Warhawk. 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 Like, it's, that stuff doesn't do anything. No, I mean, those are obvious choices if you're going to do game as a service. It is. But they didn't. Right. Because they tried that already. And, and it didn't work. work. Well. Yeah. And a couple of those games were pretty, I mean, Starhawk was pretty cool, but it just didn't have any legs. Yeah. I just, there's just not a lot of IP hanging out there from PlayStation that I'm like really no, You have to talk opining. about new stuff, and obviously Naughty Dog's not ready to show that fantasy game they're working on. Um, you know, Ghost of, Tsushima, Ghost of Tsushima 2 clearly isn't ready. I mean, yep. why would, I mean, it's, that's way out. That's yep. next year sometime, probably. Yep. Um, when, what else are we talking about? Factions? I mean, I'm just, I'm, what I'm saying, getting at is like, I think that's as good of a show that PlayStation could have put on right, right now. Right now, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, because with Spider-Man coming out this fall... People are saying Ridge Racer is so common. Well, Ridge Racer is Bandai Namco. It's not owned by PlayStation. Yeah, I, I can understand why you might think it's a PlayStation game, but yeah, it's, it's not. Yeah, it's been on PlayStation a lot. Um, SOCOM? No one cares. No one I mean, cares. I hate so to say com, it if you're so a fan. Is, I played SOCOM 1 for a hundred some hours, but like... It doesn't it, move the needle. No, like it, it, it's just that name is as good as any other shooter at this point. Um, it'd be nice to see something Blue Point's doing, but maybe But it's not. like, Matt, I'm looking in chat right now, and, like, they can't come up with anything either. Right. I mean, that tells you all you need to I know right little, there. I was a little surprised there wasn't anything with Gran Turismo to well, go the, with the movie. I mean, like, a game thing to, like, tie into that. Um, I was a little surprised there was no Twisted Metal, um, since that's coming up. Um, not that I want Twisted Metal. I'm just saying... Look at all the haters in here giving very, it a very little <laughs> synergy. A D. Somebody give you people are insane. A D for that press conference. Really? Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I was more interested. I was interested in more things in this than I was. You just sat and watched a two hour podcast based on the content that was in that showcase. And you're saying it's a D? If it was a D, you would have watched for 10 minutes and turned the show off. Now people are talking about Bloodborne. Bloodborne is never what coming What are you guys talking? Are you guys all Xbox fans? What the Blood hell are you Bloodborne talking about? Bloodborne is never happening. Holy Just crap. Just get your, get your mind around the fact that Bloodborne is not getting the sequel. <laughs> they are never remaking it. Bloodborne's <laughs> time is past. It's over. You people are a trip. Okay. Well... <laughs> Good one. All right. Well, I'm starting to feel a little off. If you haven't been able to tell, I've been shifting around in my seat and not feeling great. But there's one topic that we had in the show on Tuesday and we have here today. And I can, we cannot wait until Tuesday to discuss it because by then it'll just be too old news. And that is Mortal Kombat 1. <laughs> Which we need, is in Jeff Keighley's show. We do know that. We know already that it's going to yeah. be there? Because we, I was thinking maybe it might be in the PlayStation Showcase, like the first gameplay of that it. Was, yeah, that wasn't impossible, but apparently it is, it is a Summer Games Fest game. Okay, so we did get one ringer then. That's good. Because what we've seen so far of this game in this trailer is a bunch of nothing, really. As you can see from the lower third there, they're rebooting the game. But it has already been rebooted. Yeah, this is another reboot after they rebooted it in, was it 9? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Well, if you played the last one, they were kind of done. Like, I the guess. story's over. Like, you can only take the Mortal Kombat story so far, and I guess you just start over and do it again. Um, the, the DLC pack on this thing that leaked is, is hilarious. I mean, everything leaked on this game before this yeah. trailer came out. Literally everything. Like, I but, like, felt the bad. The guest characters are funny. Yeah. I felt bad for Ed. Just because I know him, and he's just a great dude, and he really, he really enjoys pleasing the fans. Like, he just not bullshit. It, he, like, you can see it when you talk to him about mm -hmm. Mortal Kombat, that his whole goal in life 
it's pleasing his fans, the fans of the franchise. And so I know it had to crush him to see all the information about this game leak out before they got a chance to unveil it. Well, the truth of the matter is, when it all came down to it, that was all the information they had. They weren't willing to divulge anything else but what had been leaked already. So here's what we have right now on Mortal Kombat 1. It is, again, a reboot of the franchise for a second time. Um, it has a brand new fighting system? Like, what the hell's up with that? What does that mean? I don't know. They call a lot of things brand new right. fighting systems that turn out to be pretty <laughs> much the same It's like, no, system. we just have five new fatalities. <laughs> and that's what they also usually say. It's, usually it's the weird little thing, you know, like sometimes it's the counter system, something you know, like it's It's like the focus, the, the focus cancel in four, Street Fighter 4. The, right. The, the the parry system, you know, it's that's what they mean by new fighting system. I don't think this is going to play drastically different from a n normal Mortal Kombat game. Yeah, I don't think it will either, actually. I think that's a bunch of hogwash. Also, also, I have a theory on this one um, because of how Liu Kang is presented here. He's he, the the head of the whole thing now. Yeah, well, he he's always been the star, but he definitely seems like he is not just Liu Kang. He's some kind of god now. Mm -hmm. um, I think this is a sequel. A sequel I, from what? It, the, the previous game because shit happened Liu Kang died in the, right. in the previous thing and, but a lot of weird shit happened and I think this might be like a, a, actually some kind of alternate timeline or sequel where he is the god of whatever I mean that's like, what it, that is true that's yeah. they already said that but that's not a reboot really that's more like I mean that's kind of it could be continuing off of the previous games on that and they have messed with all I mean the, the reboot of the previous game the, you know, on, on 9 was literally a time travel story like, they didn't just start over. They realized that they'd lost the fight at the end of Mortal Kombat 8, and Raiden went back in time and changed reality. And so I wouldn't be surprised if something else, like, I don't think they're just playing starting over here. I think there's something going on. Well, here's the information that they've given us. Um, basically, it's, it's starting all over. So they have to re-explain the origin stories for every character. Well, because I think everybody's origin story is different now. It is, yeah. And so they're going to have to... The big part but, of the well, plot is it is going right. through and seeing each origin story. But what I'm saying is I think it's an in-universe reboot. Like, I think the events of the previous games happened, but they're redo they're, they're rebooting it. I don't in, think so. Yes. Because that's what they did last time, too. It doesn't sound like it, based upon well, what they Well, they're not going to give that away, but I'm saying that's I mean, what's happening. Ed Boon literally said, the beginning of a brand new universe, not a continuation of the existing characters' roles. Right. All characters, because it's a new universe, but they created a new universe. In-universe. <laughs> <It's post> <laughs> My head's about to explode. It's, it's post-Avengers <laughs> Endgame, man. You gotta embrace the multiverse. <laughs> that's what happened. I guarantee you that's what's happening here. Um, all characters will be reintroduced with new roles and relationships. So any allies or enemies from before, that's all wiped out. Liu yeah, Kang, Liu Kang leads Shang the crux of the plot. They've even gone so far as to change the color scheme. It said everything is being redone. Mm -hmm. uh, story Mode returns with a brand new cinematic narrative featuring unexpected twists on classic rivalries and original backstories for the wide-ranging cast of legendary fighters. Uh, the Collective is coming back, which is like that fan thing where like fans can submit like art and character mm -hmm. models and stuff, and they'll consider them for inclusion like officially into the game. There's going to be three versions of the game, with the most expensive one coming in at $250, and that comes with the big Liu Kang statue. The game is already determined to be 100 gigabytes on PC. Yeah, I think they've got some very high-level 4K video in this thing. I mean, damn. Um, and then we start talking about the characters. And again, like the whole roster has already been ruined. Um, Homelander from The Boys is going to be in the game. Peacemaker from DC Comics is going to be in there. Quan Chi, Omni-Man, Ermac, Takeda. Um, 
Then there's cameo characters, and they're kind of like having assist Omni, characters. Having Omni Man and Homelander is it, are in there are interesting because they're both like evil Supermans. Right. That's an interesting to put both of them. Yeah, in the I don't know how that's going to work. <laughs> I mean, obviously they're different characters and they have different abilities, mm-hmm. but like it's interesting that you would not split that those two characters up across. Yeah. DLC pack. Clearly, there's going to be more. I couldn't believe that I missed the boys. By the way. I watched it like I've missed like the first two seasons and end up watching like all of it in a row. I don't know how that slipped off my radar. Like nobody ever recommended it to me. No. And I just stumbled across it. One night I went to Amazon Prime and I'm like, what is this boys thing? And I started watching. It. I was like, oh, this is awesome. And then I got sucked in. And then I realized it was huge and no one had ever told me to watch it. Hmm. Really bizarre. Hmm. Yeah. So the game also has what they're calling cameo characters with a K, of course. Um, and they're kind of like the assist characters in Smash Brothers. Like, you call them in, and they come in, and they help you. And so far, the ones that have leaked of that are Tremor, Johnny Cage, which I thought Johnny Cage was just going to be a normal playable character in he this. He is. Oh, he is. But he's apparently also in here as cameo. I don't know what. Weird. I don't know how the cameo thing works. It sounds like they're assists or something. Yeah. Uh, Chameleon, Mavado, and Farah. Um, and then the rest of the roster includes Liu Kang, obviously. And there's a Jean-Claude Van Damme skin for, skin for right. it, too. He's in it. Yeah, he, he plays Johnny Cage. Originally, yeah. who he, they wanted to play him mm-hmm. back in the... Yep. Obviously, too expensive at the time. Yep. Uh, the rest of the roster includes Liu Kang, Raiden, Scorpion, Sub-Zero, Kung Lao, Katana, Melina, and Shang Tsung is a pre-order DLC bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, so the roster's looking pretty good. No huge omissions there that I'm seeing where I'm like, oh, wait a minute, where's Reptile, maybe? Yeah. But otherwise, it seems like most of the most of the the, most of the big ones the are teams in there. there. Certainly, if you're going to start like a you know a, 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 redo, a redone timeline, because um, that's what Shang Tsung did at the end of the last DLC. Mm-hmm. Was like he just rewrote reality the way he wanted it. Right, to he be. just wiped everything out. Yeah. yeah. So this is this is his version of reality. So there is actually some kind of a continuation. Yeah. yeah. It's just we didn't know what the new reality was going to be. Yeah. And and spoilers. Um, that's what Doctor Doom does in Secret Wars. Yeah. So when that Avengers Secret Wars movie comes up, this is basically the same thing. Yeah, I still remember the uh, the comic frame where it shows him snapping his fingers, mm-hmm. Doctor Doom, <laughs> where he wipes everything out. Oh, that's Thanos. Oh no, I think from Secret Wars they do that with Doctor Doom though. Well, no, the, he never snaps his fingers for that because what happens is is uh, an incursion happens and he using his magic and the powers of a god. He's the Beyonder. He was and the Beyond. He, yeah, he, the yeah. Beyonders because there's more of them now. But he basically steals their abilities and becomes the god of a new universe, which combines all the different timelines into one world. Yeah. So he is God Doom. Yeah. At yeah. that point, and eventually he gives it up to to save everything else because everybody revolts against him and remembers what was happening. And when he when his goddaughter asks him why he stopped being a god, he says that he found it beneath him. <laughs> Doctor Doom is such a good fucking He's character. great, man. I don't understand why they do more with him. Like, why do they, well, they ignore use, him? They use him all the time in the in the comics. Yeah, but I mean in the films. Like, because they didn't have the license until like two years ago. To Doom. Fox had Fantastic Four and X-Men uh, until they bought and them. And Doom is rolled into Doom that. Doom is part of Fantastic uh, Four. Ah, I got you. I see. I don't care about the Fantastic Four movie. Me the, the exciting thing about the Fantastic Four movie is that means we get Doctor Doom in the MCU. Yeah. That's what you need. Yeah, yeah. So, are you excited about this? This reboot of Mortal Kombat? I mean, I'm interested. Yeah, I mean, it's like, coming out this year too. It's September all, like 19th or something. It's I think. the only fighting game whose story mode is always worth playing. September 19th. Here's it's coming to Switch, and it's not Cloud. Interesting. The apparently, I mean, Mortal Kombat is it 11? I think came out for Switch, and it was a mess. 
Yeah. But the same studio that. that did that is doing this as well. So they're going to try right. to make it run natively on Switch. Well, luckily, most of us don't need to worry about that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but it's coming to PC, PS5, Xbox Series, and Switch. But not PS4 and Xbox One, which is odd. And it is September 19th, by the way. I'm pretty excited for it. Like, to me, of everything we just went over... Changing the fighting style is the thing that's sticking out for me. I mean, I'm I like, don't think that's going to be anything. I think they're going to have some new mechanic that changes it. Like up. one thing. Yeah. yeah. It'll be like the run button. Yeah, I something. still think the the basic like flow of each match is going to be the same. Yeah, there'll still be a block button. There'll still be a high punch, low punch, whatever. You'll still be doing uppercuts. It'll 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 be Mortal Kombat. Yeah. They're not they're not dumb. Yeah. How do you guys feel about it? What do you guys think about? I mean, we haven't went to you guys guys today. It's been like it's been like machine gun fire going through these games, but. What are you guys thinking about the new MK? Um, ten Shiniki <laughs> says ten frames per second fights on Switch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Vinarava says I'm a sucker for the MK store. The other thing too is that the last Mortal Kombat movie was actually pretty good. Yeah, it was all right. Like that it was wasn't. The, that was the first movie I saw in a theater after the end of. Oh, that's uh, right. The lockdown. I watched it on HBO Max, I think. Yeah. Which is just Max now. Matt, is there anything dumber than changing the name of HBO Max to Max? The trans the, the transition to Max will be studied in marketing classes for years. On, it's on new why. Coke all anyway, over yeah, again. It's incredibly. It's dumb. the dumbest thing and I've did heard. Did you see of. what they did with the credits? No. They don't list anyone as producer, director, writer anymore. They just say creators. Oh, God. And the creators list is completely random. Like, if you basically look at, like... You don't know what people did. There's Scorsese movies that do not list Martin Scorsese under the creators list. (laughs) It's madness. And it's like the fact that it's happening during the writer's strike and the impending SAG strike. Everyone's just like, oh, it's on. Like, let's go for it. Um, That strike, by the way, is getting worse. It's going to get worse and worse before it gets better. Yeah, because they're being greedy AF. Well, because SAG is definitely going to join it and wait for the Directors Guild to join in, too. Yeah. There's a whole interesting story um, uh, about that. With um, Schneeky says models look great compared to Street Fighter Six. Do you agree with that? In that pre-rendered CG Yeah, that's stuff, not real. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, in the game, though, we'll see how... They, I mean, they, their animation's gotten a lot better, but it's still pretty stiff. Well, I was showing to... B-roll of MK11 there. Yeah. And the character models do look pretty freaking great. I mean, they've, they've upped their game tremendously in three games. Yeah. And, I mean, if, if you count Injustice as well. Yeah. I mean, just the difference between Injustice 1 and 2 is really noticeable, too. But, I, no, I don't think that... I mean, we'll see. The animation... Capcom's still got them on the animation in terms of in-game stuff yeah. so far. Well, and the fighting, too. Vincent seems to think that the main change of the fighting is the cameo fighters. Yeah, that would make sense as sort of the, the big change-up. Although, I mean, that was the big change-up in the first Marvel vs. Capcom game. It's like, Capcom did that literally 25 years ago. But sure, if you want to call that a new feature, why not? Yeah. And The Boys is awesome, by the way. If you guys haven't watched The Boys yet, go watch it right now. Like, yeah. You'll get sucked into it, and you'll watch the whole thing just like I did. There's a lot of controversy this last season, uh, because um, the last season makes it very, um, very obvious that the Homelander is not a good guy. And apparently a lot of people were surprised by that. Why? Because a lot of people like the Homelander and agree with him. He was evil the whole time. Yes. What are they talking about? Have you been here the last five years or so? <laughs> What the hell? I love how that gif is being used, though. That scene in the last season where he murders all these people. And the people are like, they start to applaud. And he's like, first he's like, oh my God, my life is over. And then he realizes people are okay with it. it. And he's like, oh, these people are worse than I am. (laughs) Very prophetic. I read the comics that that, that's based on, which I liked a lot. It's by one of my favorite artists, Derek Robertson, who also did Transmetropolitan. 
Um, a lot of people hate that series because it's very, it's Garth Ennis, it's, it's very brutal and there's a lot of sexual violence and it's very dark and angry and mm-hmm. gory and everything. Um, I do think the Homelander is a much better and more interesting character in the in the show. Like they they have a lot of the one thing I do like better in the comics is the character the the boys in the, in the comics are super powered, and I know eventually they do get to be mm-hmm. super powered in the show. But early on, uh, they they are super powered. They they get super powered specifically to murder all the other superheroes nah. because they've done so many horrible things. And that was a I, I enjoyed that more. Um, also, Simon Pegg is is Huey in the comics. Um, literally drawn as oh, really? like a, an agreement with Simon Pig. That's why he's the father of Huey in the show. Gotcha. As a reference to that, because that's how old that comic is. Wow, um, it's a really good show. So yeah, uh, it's interesting to see. It's, it is. It is. Uh, I don't think it's as like amazing an adaptational work as, um, say, Last of Us or um, even the Watchmen TV show. Mm-hmm. But I do think they they have improved on the comic in a lot of interesting ways. It reminds me a little bit. What was that vampire show on HBO? True Blood. True Blood, yeah. It reminds me a little bit of True Blood. Like the campiness, the tongue-in-cheek, the humor here and bit, there. Yeah. While there's just this crazy, gory stuff going on. And uh, right down to going their own way in the in the adaptation style from the books. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, if you haven't watched it already, watch it. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, I mean, all, also, also, why don't you subscribe with Twitch Prime while you're at He's it? a great pick for a Mortal Kombat character. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He's fit. yeah. I mean, other than he's, like, unstoppable. Yeah, well, that, that never stopped anybody. Didn't, I mean, it, Superman there are was literal, in there, so. there are literal gods <laughs> in Mortal Kombat. I yeah. mean, you beat the God of Thunder up on a regular basis in this game, so it's yeah. fine. Okay, so I have reached my limit. I'm sure you've seen on camera at this point that I'm shifting all over in my seat because I can't find a way, way to sit to be comfortable. But before we go, we have one more thing to do. All right, it's time for Name That Game, where I show you guys five screenshots from a video game, and you try to guess the name of the game before Matt Kyle. Um, three things to keep in mind before we get going. If you've already won this year, do not play. Sit back, kick your feet up, enjoy yourself, watch other people try to guess. Uh, number two, if you don't have a PC and you don't play PC games, you don't have a friend you would give the code to, do not play, because all the codes, you, you get a game if you win, all the codes are for PC. Um, so if that's the case, then just stay out of it. Um, if you don't have a a PC and you can't play it. And again, it is your code, so you can, if you want, give it to someone. It's totally cool. But if you can't foresee yourself giving it to somebody, then just don't play. And then the other thing, too, is that the chat goes on to slow mode, which means you can only enter one chat message every 60 seconds. Um, so don't just ban the game name of games hoping that you just randomly guess it right. You're going to lose. So that's pretty much it. And with that, I think we're ready to get on with Name That Game. And here is... The first screenshot. I really hope to God nobody gets it from that. <laughs> I hope, but people are so good at it. It does look familiar. Flimbo's Quest, no. <laughs> Not even a lot of guesses from this one. 50 Cent. <laughs> Just Cause 3. No, that's a good guess, though. Infamous? Thrifty Metal Black. No. Spider-Man, no. The Division, no. Can't be Spider-Man. The puddles aren't pretty enough. (laughs) Alan Wake, no. That's a good guess, though. Watch Dogs, no. Life is Strange, no. That's probably a good guess, too. Infamous Second Son, no. Sunset Overdrive, no. I don't think there's colors that dark in that game. Maybe not. There's There's no day glow in that screenshot. 
The Division 2, no. did Sunset Overdrive. That's a good guess, Kevin Rafa. Division 2. Watch Dogs 3, no. Days Gone, no. Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Nope. Not a bad guess, though. Okay, Days Gone, no. Watch Dogs 3, no. All right, Red, RE2, no. All right, we're going to go to the second screenshot. All right, we made it to the second shot. Hallelujah. <laughs> and here it is. Onimusha 3, mm. no. Interesting. Near Automata. No, but I can see why you would guess that. Ghostwire Tokyo, that's a really good guess, but yeah, no, it's not one. Ghostwire. Sleeping Dogs, no, that's another good guess. Ghost Recon Future Soldier, no. Splinter Cell Conviction, no. We might make it to the third screenshot for once. Ghostwire, someone already guessed that, not Cirque. But no, it's not Ghostwire. But it's a good guess. Prototype, also a good guess, no. Devil May Cry 4, no. Dead Rising 4, no. Um, Watch Dogs Legion? No, not, not Watch Dogs Legion. Kingdom Hearts 3, no. Nino Cooney, no. Nino Cooney. I don't know where you got that from. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember puddles like that in Nino Cooney. <laughs> well, Nino Cooney's like all cell shaded. Yeah. Yakuza, no. All right. Watch Dogs 2, no. Prey, no. Tetris, no. I think we're going to make it to the third screenshot. All right. Here it is. Spider-Man, no. Good guess. Quantum Break, that's a really good guess, but you're wrong. <laughs> we have a winner. We have a winner. Oh, we actually, one came right afterwards. Big Dave Lazard wins with mm. Devil May Cry 5. Congratulations. Literally beat Not Cirque by like a second and a half. Both of them guessed DMC 5 within a second or two of each other. Awesome job, Big Dave Lazard. Uh, Stucky. So someone guessed DMC4 before. No, it was DMC4 that someone guessed before. Uh-huh. Not DMC5. And that was Stucky, I guess. Yeah. Sorry, Stucky, but you do have to get the right entry. Um, and here's the other two screenshots that I included. That shows his boot. I was like, that'll tip him off after seeing all the other stuff. Because this is the other thing, too, that I take into consideration when doing this, is it's a build. Like, for example, the one screenshot I showed Blood. So Blood should have eliminated a bunch of games for people in their minds that don't have gore in them, which I thought might tip people off the Devil May Cry. It ultimately kind of did. And then there's the boot. And then here's the last one, which shows one of the enemies from the game and his massive sword. So we made it to the third screenshot. You know what? I'm going to give myself a round of applause for that. Hmm. <laughs> uh. Vincent's asking, are these from the previous gen or current gen version? I don't know. They're from Devil May Cry 5, Vincent. <laughs> that's, all, that's all there is to it, bro. Um, I, I don't have time to like do that. Like This is just a fun little game that we try to have fun with. And I usually don't have fun with because you guys make me look like a fool all the time. <laughs> uh, so anyway, there you go. Great job, guys. Um, you guys eventually got it. Big Dave Lazard, you got, you're here every week, man. You're a great supporter. Good to see that you won. Uh, send us a DM here on Twitch. Or you can send me a DM on Twitter. I'm at Dinfire. You can send Sifted a DM on Twitter, at Sifted Games. Make sure you follow Sifted there. Um, or you can just send me a, uh, a DM on Sifted. I'm at Shane. Any of those work, and I'll get your code out to you as soon as possible. And with that, 
Game Face 343 is in the books. I am at the end here. I need to stand up. Um, thanks, Matt, for letting us come in here on an extra mm -hmm. day to do this and uh, have a timely um, episode for Sony's big press conference. We'll be back on Tuesday. And I already we already have a leftover game that I've played already that was supposed to be in last show, supposed to be in this one. It didn't make it. Um, so we're going to have some games to talk about on Tuesday. We'll be back at our normal time at twitch.tv slash siftedgames at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this show on YouTube or you're listening to it on any of the podcast services, please head over to patreon.com slash sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D. And you can pledge whatever you want there per month. Um, if you want Pactor Factor, it's just $2 a month. If you want all our content, it's just $4 a month. You'll spend that driving home today, picking up a coffee on your way home. And you'll get literally dozens of hours of entertainment out of that $4 a month. So it's really worth it if you're into video games. And we'd really appreciate it if you could head over there and do that. Um, also want to give a shout out to our sponsor, LS Cream, before we leave. Um, thanks to them sponsoring us. It's a huge, huge help for us. And also, please try to support them if you can, because if our sponsors do better because of our sponsorships, then they keep coming back and they keep sponsoring the show. It's a cycle that helps everybody. Uh, so head to lscream.com, um, actually creamls.com, and there's a store locator there where you can find stores local to you that carry the, the liqueur, or you can order it online from BevMo, or you can learn about all these awesome drink recipes. There's tons of stuff there. It's a really cool website. Head over there and do it. So... Again, we'll be back on Tuesday for a more typical episode of Game Face. Again, I want to thank all you guys for being patient over the last week and a half or two weeks. I think we're going to ultimately, when it's all said and done, though, we are still going to have the same number of episodes of Game Face in May as we do every other month. We're going to have four episodes in May. So we're going to, we had to crunch a little bit at the end here to get them in, but we're ultimately still going to have four episodes in May. So you guys still got your money's worth, uh, which is really important to me and something that I care about a great deal. So... Anyway, we'll see you guys on Tuesday. Have yourselves a great week. Play some awesome video games, and we'll see you then. Game Face is up and out.